Welcome to the Big Fundamental Podcast, Ken's Fives podcast on the San Antonio Spurs and NBA basketball. Joining me today, Evan Klosky, the Big Apple. And then uh, let's, uh, yeah, Tom, you got some, uh, some camera wizardry here. He's the, uh, the Dennis Rodman or the, uh, the Rihanna of the Big Fun Pod right. here. Um, How's it going, guys? 10. And of course, you know, I'm Jackson the, Floyd. The Fiesta stuff, I just, I, I felt the need to throw it back. You know, okay. Also, you know, Dennis Rodman is a mood sometimes, and especially now. So I feel like you guys would be kindred spirits. I think so. Yeah. I think we get along well. Me, me, him, and Rihanna, all all three of us together. Well, those, cool. those are the first three names that come to mind just when I think of humans who should have a dinner together. Ooh. You know, you know, like the the give me like three people you would invite to a dinner. That would be a fun one. Well, guys, it's a very, uh, very landmark day. Uh, we're here recording. It's the 16th anniversary of Tracy McGrady dropping 13 points in 33 seconds against the Spurs. Um, so just, you know, this is a good day to have a meeting of the minds and uh, maybe, uh, you know, have a moment of silence, 33 seconds to remember those uh, 13 points, a special day there. I didn't know that. That's a good little, a good little tidbit there, Jacksonian. Yeah, you know, I did my research. Uh, but no, guys, we are two weeks out from the uh, start of the NBA season, uh, which felt like it ended last week. No, roughly, roughly a week or two ago. Uh, some people have done the math. People much smarter than I. I think the Lakers have, what, 75 days off between the end of uh, the last season and the start of the new one. Uh, so they've, they've squeezed a lot in here, including uh, the NBA draft and training camps. And now we're four days out from the NBA preseason. Uh, so before that kicks off, let's wrap up how we got here, uh, you know, starting with the uh, NBA draft. Yeah, um, the draft this year, um, there was a lot of smoke coming in, a lot of people saying, oh, the Spurs are going to do something. And then when uh, that something was not trade up for James Wiseman or Devin Vassell, uh, or, or not Devin Vassell, Denny Avdia, uh, they were like, oh, man, this is boring. And while I understand that, um, a trade for one of those players is not a guaranteed path to title contention, first of all. Second of all, they took a guy who fell to them at 11 who could have been gone at six, and nobody would have blinked about it. They would have been like, oh, yeah, he was the best 3 and D wing in the draft, and that's Devin Vassell. Um, it's exactly what the Spurs needed. So um, a, a perfect pick there. And then Trey Jones, surprise, falls out of the first round, and the Spurs scoop him up at 41. So they get two, man, how did he fall to the Spurs guys, which they seem to do every draft. But, uh, you know, this, this was a really great draft for the Spurs. These are really high-level defenders. Um, Trey Jones is small. He was six six three, but he was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year and ACC Player of the Year last year. And the Spurs got him at forty one. Um, so, Evan, what have you seen from these guys? I know we've talked a lot of draft stuff in the past, um, and we talked some on draft night. But what with with the uh, preseason now sort of underway, what we've heard from them? What are what are your first impressions? Yeah, well, I think it's very interesting first talking with Vassell since he was the 11th overall pick. You know, he's a guy who is a combo guard, definitely can play 
I don't know, I mean, two, two through four pretty easily if we're going to go with the traditional route. But when we talked with him on draft night, he said that he views himself as a shooting guard, uh, that that's his main position. And he is uh, quite the size for a shooting guard if that's really his mainstay. Uh, as you mentioned, defensively phenomenal. Um, you know, there, there are some crazy analytical stats about just how Florida State was on the court with him versus without him and what he provided to the team and his ability to switch. You wonder how his size is going to carry over into the NBA. I wonder if, you know, he's just going to need a year to kind of bulk up, you know, kind of form into his body. Something that we're seeing Keldon at least a year removed from the draft, even though he's injured and we'll get into that. Uh, You can see his body starting to lean out. So if you're looking at something that, Vassell needs to improve on, I would imagine it's going to be just the, the wear and tear on his body and, and just beefing For up. Sure. So, so it's going to be, you know, maybe he comes out hot in the gates. I think there's going to be a lull there for Vassell. Um, and, I mean, the same goes for Trey Jones as well. So the physicality was something that Jones talked about as well during availability uh, yesterday. And that is going to be something that these kids need to learn. So the, the Spurs didn't draft the, the bulkiest nor the, the strongest individuals, but when it comes to pure basketball players, and Vassell, A, fits a, a need and a want. Uh, Trey Jones was the best player available, and, and that's how the Spurs took it. And the Spurs loved Trey Jones so much, they decided just to put him on, on the 15-man roster. They didn't even use a, a two-way contract like they did with Quindary a year prior. So um, there's a lot a lot to be excited about between Vassell and Jones. And even though the Spurs didn't trade up or make a flashy move, uh, these two players are going to be able to make an impact, especially considering uh, they might have to do it a little bit earlier out of necessity because of a, a few injuries to some other Spurs. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, the Spurs are going to Spurs. It wasn't the splashy pick, but you know, and, Given all the hubbub around it, it just feels like the Spurs' way to do this, and the Spurs' way has been successful in the past at finding these guys in the draft. Uh, and, I mean, they were very public with giving Trey Jones a locker and a jersey and, and giving him that contract. You're going to see this guy play. I mean, we've talked about it. You know, there are injuries here. Derek White's going to miss time. Um, Kelton Johnson's going to miss time. Uh, and these are, you know, there's another guy missing too. I think they mentioned he's going to miss time. Quindary. Well. Quindary, yeah. So. I, no, I think I did see Quindary back on the court. Um, so maybe, but anyway, um, I, you know, I don't know if he's going to still be eased into playing time, but at least it's a good sign that I think he has been, that he's back on the practice court. But yeah, I mean, Trey Jones and Devin Vassell, they might get thrown into the fire here pretty quick. Um, just based on, you know, on draft night, a lot of people were like, oh, there's so many guards on the roster. And then they let Bryn Forbes go. They let Marco Bellinelli go. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, And now with the injuries, Jones and Vassell might be key contributors, at least for the first couple games, maybe a couple weeks. We don't know. Um, But, I mean, they – they seem excited about the potential and I know I asked Trey Jones about that. And he obviously wants guys to get back healthy, but his whole thing is about being ready when his name is called and Devin Vassell. I mean, talk about a plug and play 
NBA talent. Like, he, he might not have the highest upside of any player in this draft. He might not, you know, be the, the most freak athlete. He might not have that, that body yet. But in terms of what he does on the court, you could plop him on any team in the NBA, and he would be productive at spacing the floor and wreaking havoc on defense. So, and he has the potential to grow into much more. Um, so we might see them play early. If we don't, we'll see them develop at least. Um, and over the past, since they've been drafted, uh, Evan and I have gotten an opportunity to talk to them a couple times. So uh, we'll toss it to the sound on them and uh, see what they have to say about their transition to the NBA and all of this stuff. Trey had some very interesting stuff to say about uh, Coach K and Coach Pop and the similarities between those two. Uh, you know, rookies are rookies. Uh, you know, they're probably a little bit lost right now and confused. Uh, just trying to get the uh, vocabulary down and understand what we're talking about. So, you know, COVID doesn't really have anything to do with that. Once they're on the court, it's basketball, and you just have to get used to the system. Um, I'll just probably say get to knowing um, pretty much the whole system that we're running. Um, you know, it's a lot different from, from college and being at Florida State. You know, Florida State, you switch a lot uh, here. You, you don't switch as much. So um, just little stuff like that. But I think as long as each day I continue to, you know, get better and learn and listen, um, it'll be it'll be just as good. Right. Um, it's definitely a challenge for sure. I'm trying to, you know, just get ready for the season, you know, a, a couple weeks after getting drafted and um, just straight into training camp, not having any, you know, summer league or whatever it is. And so obviously um, it's going very quickly, but um, I mean, I, I love the position I'm in and just love being able to, you know, go into, into the preseason with these guys and learning from such, such a great group and being in such a great organization. Um, I mean, I feel like all the vets um, have been doing a great job, honestly, uh, getting me kind of accustomed and talking to me and, and helping me out. Um, was able to talk to DeMar today. I was able to talk to Rudy on um, the past couple of days. And, you know, they've all been super helpful and, you know, you know, they were all in my shoes at one point. So for me to just learn from them is, is, is great. Mm, don't put too much pressure on yourself. I mean, right now we're in a unique situation. Um, you know, we had a week and a half, about a week and a half until our first preseason game. Um, so really just come in each day, have fun, um, and just learn and get better each day. Um, right now it's just day by day. Um, however I could get in, however I can make a play offensively, defensively, that's what I've been trying to do. Um, I wouldn't say there's a specific role. I just say each time I get out there and I'm, you know, throwing in the five on five, I just try and make the best of it. Yeah, I know. Um, he was extremely tough competitor to go against in the past two years for sure. And I mean, just the way he can defend with his length, but also um, he's coming at you every time on offense as well. Um, he's making solid plays for them or for the other team we were playing against him. And um, he's a winner. Um, he makes winning plays as well. And so, being able to, to play with him now, um, I can see, you know, all the things he does like that even more. Um, obviously, he's continuing to work on his game and expand his game as well. So um, I really like his game a lot. I love being able to, you know, go out there and play defense with him because of the defender he is and just being able to play with him overall. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, we talked a little bit today before practice um, about how, you know, these practices compared to, our practices in college are, are just way different and how, um, I mean, they call it a hard practice here, but um, back in college, it's, it's completely different than those hard practices. So 
Um, we've definitely uh, been able to talk about it a little bit, but um, it's just been weird with how we're throwing straight into it this year um, rather than past years where you get to kind of um, get that time over the summer and especially before the season the fall time to just kind of get acclimated. But, I mean, it's been a lot of fun so far, and I'm ready to just continue to work. Um, I mean, he's a great person, great player. Um, I think he's an even better person than he is a player. Um, he's, you know, we were learning from each other, and um, each day he comes in, um, he's ready to work, and he has a great IQ. And, you know, I'm just ready for both of us to be able to come in and, and affect the game and, you know, really just learn. Like I said, it's a unique year, so not putting too much pressure on each other and just, you know, learning and, and getting better. Um, just in the first couple of days, just um, trying to talk to everybody. Um, trying to work with uh, Patty Mills a lot um, when we break up into small groups. But, um, I mean, I feel like everybody has been, you know, helping me out a lot. Um, DeJounte as well has been um, helping me out in, in different parts um, when we're scrimmaging and things like that. So um, both point guys um, it, that, that are right there are helping me out a lot uh, to start off with. Yeah, yeah it's, been, uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. I'm just trying to, you know, get ready for the season now. Obviously, it was a long, long process and um, the draft process. But, um, you know, just I'd say just the physicality at this level. Um, obviously, um, it's the next level. It's the highest level. So um, just the physicality is definitely um, a little bit of a, of a difference. But um, I'll just say, again, back to playing, you know, for, for myself, I haven't played in almost nine months now since um, my last college basketball game. And so getting back into playing shape rather than workout shape and, um, you know, getting, getting my cardio there. I mean, it, could, it just depends on what we're going through in practice um, really right now. You know, today we were going through um, some different defensive things where um, he was giving me uh, um, some words how to, how to defend um, as a smaller guy um, as well in this league. And so um, it just depends on what we're going through at the time. But, um, I mean, he's just trying to help out in all areas. Hey, Trey, how's it going? Yeah, how you doing? I'm all right. Um, when you were drafted, there were a whole bunch of guards that looked like they would be ahead of you on the depth chart. But due to some injuries now, it looks like you might get thrown into the fire kind of early. Are you excited about that? Nervous? Do you think that there are going to be some minutes for you pretty early in your, in your NBA career here? Right. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm extremely excited for sure. Uh, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I'm ready when my name is called and um, obviously, um, I want those guys um, that, are, that are a little banged up right now to get back healthy so um, we can have a full, full healthy roster and uh, continue to, to battle out with the other teams. But until then, I mean, I'm going to continue to um, work as hard as I can, make sure that, you know, I'm just ready um, to, to help this team in any way possible to try to get as many wins as we can. I'm sure you've been working on a lot of different things since that last college game nine months ago. But if there was one thing specifically that you would say, I've really put a lot of work into this this summer, and I think you'll see a big improvement in this area, what would it be? Uh, I think my athleticism, for sure. Um, I feel like just being able to have a, a full full summer, full off season to um, be healthy and be able to just focus on my body and focus on um, just making sure that I, I continue to stay healthy and grow on everything that I had already. Um, I think that's definitely an area that um, I will be uh, improved on from, from the past. And you mentioned that you got some advice on defending as a smaller player uh, in this league. What, what are some of the keys for, for players that are, you know, not quite the tallest defending at the point guard position, especially? 
Right. Um, I mean, more specifically, I was talking about uh, defending in the post, but um, we're, I mean, just talking about uh, positions to be in, about footwork, uh, how you can use your forearm and hands and um, the, the small rules that you don't really learn until you get here. Uh, trying to learn those things, but also learn little techniques um, that, that can help out as well when you're defending. Um, they are pretty close. You know, um, they kind of have the same background with the military style. And so um, how, how he coaches is kind of similar. He, he was telling me and then um, Coach Pop actually said sort of the same thing uh, back to me as well. And so um, I can see in the first few days, obviously, that their coaching styles are very similar. Obviously, it's college first professional, so there's going to be some differences. But um, overall, I can see a lot, a lot of similarities so far, and um, I really like that. Hey, Trey, I was going to ask you about the, uh, the Coach Pop, Coach K similarities, but since you got that out of the way, I'm just wondering how the acclimation process is for you, uh, not just on the court, but just moving down to San Antonio. You mentioned how fast everything is moving. Just so how are you doing with moving at that rapid pace? Right. Yeah, it's been um, it's been a busy couple of weeks for sure. I'm trying to find a place down here, find a car, um, just trying to get moved in and everything. And so it's definitely been busy. But I mean, for me, it's um, it's a dream come true to be able to be in this position. So, um, you know, I, I'm very excited about this transition. And um, I try to look at it in the most positive way as I can because how lucky and how fortunate of a position I am um, today, the, the position I am in today. And so um, it, it does get busy at times. It um, starts to wear on you how, how quick everything is going. But at the end of the day, I'm just very lucky to be in this position. And when you say the difference between like a hard practice in college and a hard practice here in the pros, is that going back to the physicality that you talked about earlier? Or is, there, is it more cardio? Is there something else to that? Right. Um, I mean, there are hard practices here, just um, a lot of scrimmaging. Whereas in college, it would be a lot of scrimmaging. It'll be a lot of drill work, a lot of offense and defensive drill work with um, workouts before and after practice sometimes. And so I feel like the, the hard practices here are, are much different. Uh, I'll say lighter um, as far as just a lot more um, scrimmaging and really not a lot, not a lot of the other things. Um, whereas in college, the practices went on three hours, uh, I'll say. So, um, I mean, I know it's a lot different here, but I'm also getting used to that. <laughs> It is just being patient because there is no rush, um, especially for them. Um, they're here now, you know, so to be able to take this process um, and really understand the, the learnings that come with this process because there really is no rush. And I think a lot of the times when, um, you know, young guys come in, especially of their calibre, you know, they want to get right into it, you know, and they kind of speed up a little bit. So the thing that I've just tried to help them with is like, you know, it takes time. Just, just um, you know, enjoy this process and um, and listen and, and learn and ask questions every day. And and I know it's super early, so if you don't have an answer, I get it. But have you have you seen anything from Devin or Trey that that stands out to you that you like immediately uh, after the first practice? I mean, I talked to them, uh, you know, and I've been trying to help them as much as I can. But today's our first practice, so it was a learning a learning thing. So. You know, they'll be all right. They seem like, you know, they love the game. Uh, you know, what I heard, they work hard. So, you know, they fit right in, and I'm excited to have them. You know, it's, it's a much different offseason uh, transitioning into training camps here. Media days have been done through Zoom. Uh, we're not seeing a lot of footage of players playing, and, and if we do see anything, it's photos that the, the Spurs are releasing. It's very controlled by the organization. 
Um, the last time I saw Devin Vassell shoot a basketball, uh, it wasn't pretty. Um, I, I, I would like, I'm, I'm excited to see him play here in the preseason in the next four days. Cause I want to see if maybe he's, um, Chip England has talked to him and maybe, uh, you know, or if that video is just a fluke. Um, but that, that's a big concern I had, uh, coming out well, of the, the draft. So, so they, they talked about that on draft night and he kind of laughed about it. He wasn't specifically even asked about it, but he knew that that was like a point of concern. And he was like, my shot hasn't changed. You know, it's, ba- it's the same. And his trainer came out and was like, yeah, he was just messing around like five feet behind the line, you know, at the end of a workout. And he made both shots. So, like, you know, who cares? Um, and Brian Wright, when asked about it uh, in the context of is that fake news, he was like, yeah, it's fake news. Um, so I don't, I don't think they're super worried about that in the organization. I am excited to the see him shoot. threw that out there, uh, by the way. I hope I hope first. so. I bet they sent a spy and were like, "Yo, get him in this compromising position," because you know it was kind of surprising that he slid all the way to eleven. But at the same time, when you have a guy like his FSU teammate Patrick Williams go fourth, which I mean was kind of crazy. He was the guy that was consistent. Like he was he was in that top fifteen on the fringe, and then he went to the Spurs in like mock draft after mock draft. And, and it was like, oh, yeah, that would make a ton of sense. They would love him. And then all of a sudden his stock, like, kept going up. Yeah. He, he did well in workouts. He did well in interviews. He's got a great body. He's got good skills. Um, but four was, like, way high. Um, and then uh, it was the Suns, right, reached for Jalen Smith uh, at 10, right? Like, yeah. that was a guy who if the yeah. Spurs took him at 11, I would have been like, ooh. Like they could have traded back for him probably. Um, but so, so then you had two guys in Devin Vassell and Tyrese Halliburton who very easily could have gone top 10, top seven and didn't. And the Spurs had their pick and they went with Vassell based on what Brian Wright said, sort of reading between the lines because he was the position of need, even if they felt, like the two had very similar ceilings, which they probably do. Um, Vassell projects as an NBA small forward, maybe even a, a, a small ball four if he packs on that muscle. Um, and, you know, so a, a lot of the people who were screaming that there are too many guards, one, don't understand that you can never have too many guards. And as we're seeing now heading into training camp with maybe four healthy it's whatever. Uh, but it also came from a misunderstanding that Devin Vassell, like, if he is a guard, he's a huge guard. He's a tremendous guard. He's a guard with a 6'10 wingspan. So um, the the defense, I think, the, the defense that they drafted is what they're trying to bring in. And then, you know, after they drafted the way they did, People were like, oh, they're not doing anything. Oh, what's the direction of this team? And it was very clear what was going to happen next, right? Like, once you draft that way, once you don't draft a big man, getting the, uh, getting uh, Jakob Pertl back becomes a priority. They let Brennan Marco walk, so they're not eating 40 minutes a game in the rotation that could go to guys like Lonnie and Derek White and Keldon. Um, and the, it was a bunch of simple moves – DeMar coming back, obviously, which we've talked about on a previous show. Um, but it, it, was, it was a bunch of very simple moves that did not rock the boat at all. 
but it pretty much brought the core back together. They, they brought, uh, yeah. What, what do you, what do you guys think about the very simple way that they sort of reinforced their roster and kind of doubled down on, on what we saw in Orlando? Yeah. You know, I think you did a great piece on Ken's com talking about how it's not so much that they didn't do anything. They did a lot. Um, a, they have positioned themselves for free agency next year in 2021. Uh, B, they are going to take the bubble system and the successes that we saw there in Orlando, and they're going to bring it over into the NBA regular season and see if it works out. And now they have a year to test it out. Um, Factor in DeMar DeRozan and the success he had with the young guys as the main initiator in that process, bring in LaMarcus Aldridge, who, you know, by all intents and purposes – has said the right things and is committed to shooting more threes and playing the perimeter, which is going to space the floor and something that if he can do successfully, which we think he can do, you know, seven footers who can shoot three pointers, they don't, they don't grow on trees. That's a, that's a huge win. And so I think a lot of people, you know, are obviously skeptical. I should say a lot of fans are obviously skeptical that LaMarcus is going to commit himself to that role but if LaMarcus understands this is where the game is going, he's not going to have another choice. So this is going to be where his commitment lies, and I, I fully expect him to, to find his three-point range from there. Um, you know, addition by subtraction, removing Marco and Bryn out of the equation. And, you know, obviously with Bryn, uh, Pop spoke so highly of him. They invested a lot in Bryn, undrafted free agent, worked himself up to a starter, logged. Uh, I mean, you look at minutes played, one of the most minute, uh, you know, he's at the top of the list the past two, three years. So, um, but, but, you know, defensively, both of those guys were, were bad. They were really bad. So he helped sure up the defensive units that make sure that uh, DeMar and LaMarcus and some of the weaknesses that they can show sometimes on that side of the ball, that can be minimized. You know, you have Patty Mills somebody who also shows a similar defensive weakness but has so much energy and provides some other stuff that, you know, you're okay accepting it as long as it's one player doing it. So, um, and then not to mention all the young talent that, you know, Lonnie, Derek, DeJounte, Keldon, um, you know, Vassell, Trey Jones, how are they going to mix in? So, um, you know, is is Shamanich going to find time? I'm not optimistic he will, but these are questions that we're asking at the beginning of the year. So there's a lot to like about the team. I don't know what the ceiling is going to be this year, but from an off-season perspective, yeah, there wasn't anything flashy, but they bought themselves more time. And it's important because if they are productive playing this style of, well, maybe the answers for free agency are right in front of them. And, you know, maybe there is a bit more of a commitment to LaMarcus in the future or DeMar. We'll, we'll see. You know, there's, we got we to gotta see a handful of games before we can even talk about what the next moves are. But uh, overall, I'm, I'm totally okay with how this offseason went. And if they didn't get a good enough deal for DeMar nor LaMarcus, then they don't have to pull the trigger. They don't have to work under your terms. They'll work under their terms. And that's what San Antonio has done their entire career as an organization is if they're going to make a deal which happens very rarely it's going to be on their terms not on your terms 
Right, Tom. and they like they they don't have to move anybody until a trade deadline. The deadline to yeah. make trades is the trade deadline. Tom, I believe you're the one who tweeted it, but I mean, the Spurs are one of the only teams who were, went into the bubble, changed kind of their game plan, executed their game plan, and then set themselves in the offseason to build on that. You know, this was right. a relatively short offseason. Um, there's not going to be a lot of time to execute major changes you know houston's going through a co- coaching change a staffing change a pl- i mean a rotation change as well they're going to take some time to figure some things out um the spurs aren't you know the spurs are going to pick up where they left off there's a the major question mark of lamarcus aldridge who is a guy who um in the past has taken some time to play into kind of his peak shape and conditioning uh if you look back at last season he kind of hit his stride in january right um, and so it, it, if he can kind of hop in, he's been off for a while too. So I mean, he's addressed that too, just kind of getting ready for, for sh- kind of fitting into the system, fitting into what they need from him as a three-point shooter and as kind of the anchor for the defense on that side too. Um, and then it's, you know, they, they brought back Pirtle, who I think needs to find a way to, to Pirtle, not get in yeah, foul trouble. Um, you know, he, he was, the, I think he was kind of the – and some of the big losses they had in the bubble, it was Pirtle not being able to stay on the floor that suddenly exposed the fact that they had no front court depth, right? You know, suddenly you've got Eubanks taking over, playing major minutes, um, and, and that's fine, but he's a great rotation guy. I don't think he, he should be on the floor in the fourth quarter. Um, that should be a guy like Pirtle, right, who can, who can protect the rim a little better. Um, yeah. I, I think this team's going to play fast. They're going to play good defense. There's a um, – a, a kind of a, a the, the internet kind of has jumped on them as oh great we're gonna see a lot of 90 to 80 scores with the spurs team this is a team that can score points guys i think it's gonna be a, a high scoring team who uh a lot of a lot of shooters a lot of scores lonnie walker can find his way to the rim damar finds his spots in the floor anytime he wants it lamarcus threes maybe Vassell gets out there as a rotational three guy uh and they just kind of rely on some defensive anchors i i I'd imagine if they played the way they're set to play, they could find themselves back in the playoffs. If they played like they played in the bubble for an entire season, they wouldn't have been on the outside looking in. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of it was like a failure in roster management, honestly, that Bryn and Marco played so many minutes when you had guys like Lonnie and Keldon waiting in the wings and, you know, Derek stepped into a bigger role in the bubble lights out shooter. He, when he gets back, he's going to be great. Um, you know, they, they had all the pieces and they did not use them the right way last season, but it's, it's clear that they learned from that. Like the, they had months to think about it. They tried something different in the bubble and it, it to a large degree worked. Um, and you know, everybody seems to be on the same page about that, whether they were there or not. And, uh, we, we've got a lot of good um you know quotes from everybody from pop to the players on down about what they're trying to build on after the bubble so let's take a listen to that roll it you know he uh trey wasn't there either for the most part Uh, Mm -hmm. so uh and we've got a couple of new players uh and uh we've got a couple of players that won't be there to, to start that were there in Orlando. So it's a little bit of a mishmash in that sense, but uh, the strategy, the philosophy, the way we play is going to stay the same uh, and everybody's going to have to adjust to that because the guys did a great job. Uh, they enjoyed it. Uh, 
we changed our approach uh, as far as practice was concerned, uh, how we wanted to teach. Uh, you know, the young players uh, really took uh, time to understand what we were doing. Um, I think, yeah, other than the tempo of the way that we were playing, I guess the little bit more of a freedom style of play that's not so, um, you know, structured to what we're, we're used to um, in the past few years um, or, or, or ever, I should say. Um, yeah, I think it just allows guys like DeMar um, and even our, our wing players who get out in the open court um, just to, to play with that freedom um, and, again, to, to shoot more threes. I mean, that's that's obviously a key that, um, you know, we, we haven't been great at historically, um, but as the game changes, we, we need to adapt to that as well. So I think that's key, and I think, you know, when, when you look at Keldon Johnson and when you look at Jonte Murray and, and Derek White and these guys, Lonnie Walker, who – who play with that um, um, determination, up-tempo, open court, um, defensively too, up and in. I think, you know, um, being more experienced now and another year on, it's, it's putting all those pieces together. And I think it's, it's, it's a fun way to play. It's an exciting way to play. Um, Jakob as well, um, you know, getting more comfortable of um, how he can, you know, really make an impact in, in that in that spot, being able to get guys open and grab rebounds and finish around the rim. Um, yeah, it, it was it was fun to see from a, a coaching standpoint, um, you know, how, how the young guys rallied around that, that style of play. So, again, it's just um, going to be adjustment. But, um, you know, for the, for the people that uh, – for LA that wasn't there and, um, and for me as well. But um, it's exciting at the same time for sure. Um, and having a, a lot of our young guys um, just kind of – given that opportunity to be able to, um, I guess, make an impact, I guess, on, on, on our whole culture and our whole system and try to find our identity, um, really. So, um, you know, you, you look back now and you see the style of play and how we played in the bubble. Um, that's what we're trying to get to. Um, high tempo, a lot of energy, um, uh, full court, out in the open, um, just that freedom type of style. Um, so to be able to, you know, be that leader, I guess, um, off the floor and, and help these young boys and, and give them the confidence that they need to be able to go out there and, and play, um, you know, was really happy with, with that. Um, and, and like I said last time, it gave me the opportunity to um, see the game from a, a different perspective and, and how... For the most part, everyone's excited, you know, this is, this is what we love to do. This is our dream job. Um, you know, this is what we've been doing dang near our whole lives. So being able to come back and play with our teammates, play more than just with our teammates, play with our family um, and, you know, continue to grow as a team and whatnot, man, it's it's amazing. And I'm excited. You know, every time we come to the court and we see each other, you know, it's nothing but great vibes, positive energy. Um, and I'm just looking forward to it. Uh, our defensive attitude and just our tempo, uh, I would say, was one of the two top two things that really stood out. Um, and Coach Pop even said it at the end of the, at the, end of the season before we left, um, you know, just how fast we were playing, you know, not just one player getting the rebound. It's, it's either Derek White or it's Keldon or it's DeJounte or it's me or, or it's Damar. You know, we have so many players who can bring the ball up and put pressure on the, um, on the opposite end. So 
uh, I think that just showed a lot of promise. And, you know, we have a whole lot, whole bunch of defensive stoppers. You have Keldon, who's a high-energy guy. You have DeJounte, who has proven himself to be a defensive player. And Derek, you know, we all know what Derek is capable of doing as far as, you know, taking charges and doing what it, he needs to do for the team to win. So as far as the young core, we have a lot of uh, abilities defensively, and we have a lot of energy offensively. And um, I think that can translate, you know, onto how, you know, the day and age of how the game has been played. Um, we, keep, we keep at it. Uh, we got, we've seen what we could do. We've seen how much improvement we had and, and how much different it felt as a team. Um, so now it's just all about continually uh, emphasizing our, our way of playing, you know. Um, we've seen how much effective we could be. And um, we just got to keep at it, you know. It's just that simple. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of knew, you know, when you when we're in here playing against each other, uh, going at each other. And, and, you know, like I said, we I said before, we like each other off the floor a lot. Uh, everybody got their own relationships, but it all equals the one. And uh, we all want the same goals as uh, far as team. And, uh, you know, what I learned, though, is, you know, that if we go out and play together, you know, and everybody get to just, you know, touch the ball and it makes you, you know, want to go to war for your teammate on the defensive end. Uh, so, you know, somebody beat one of your teammates, you're ready to step up and have his back, uh, you know, whether it's blocking the shot or beating somebody to a spot. So, you know, it's all about playing together and having fun. Uh, it might be your night. It might be his night, uh, his night, whoever it is. But at the end of the day, you know, we want to win. The bubble, I mean, it was eight games. Uh, as you guys all know, NBA is a long season. You know, we show we can, we're capable as far as eight games uh, coming together. And they're like I said, everybody just playing together. You know, everybody touching the ball. You know, you might score 20 tonight or he might score 10 or he might get 30, whatever. But at the end of the day, we had the same goals in the bubble. Like, you know, it's going to be your night, his night, his night. You know, let's go defend, you know, play together and, and try to get as many wins and get better. You know, that was the whole point of that, to go get better and try to get a playoff spot. So, you know, we still had, you know, a lot of play calls when coach wanted to play calls, but, you know, Pop just like he's going to let everybody loose. Uh, and, and that's not Pop. You know, Pop used to usually having the same team, uh, you know, adding a couple of young guys or a new guy. And, uh, you know, so I, you got to get your cat, uh, put your, take your hat off and salute, you know, Coach Pop as well, because for him to, you know, be able to do that and see him do that, you know, it was great just for, you know, everybody. And he put confidence from, you know, the young guys to the old guys, to the old guys to the young guys. And, you know, like I said, you know, it, it was just, it was great for all. I mean, there's like, the, the cool thing about this group is that um, every single individual, like um, I could talk about uh, DJ or Kelton or Derek, or I don't know who not, like we all bring something different to the to the table. And, and I think um, what makes us, great is that we mesh very well together so um yeah it's it's hard to like pick out uh, a couple um like specific things that, that work well because i think the uh, one of our biggest strengths is like i said that we we all bring different stuff to the table like we all understand our roles and we all are very hungry to to expand that and and go go further and and, and get better as a team I wouldn't necessarily say my, my role changed. I think we were just more comfortable and free in a sense, you know, um, just being thrown out there, kind of, you know, figuring out on the go with the young guys, you know, um, everybody was hunger, hungry, um, our preparation before we started those, those bubble games made it 
a lot more exciting, fun, just to get out there and play freely in, in, in the show. What is your confidence, confident, confidence level in those young guys to sort of pick up where they left off in Orlando? Um, man, it's, it's high. You know, that was that was one of my main reasons for coming back was having the, the faith and the confidence that, that I had in, in, in those young guys and um, wanting to be a part of, you know, what, what we finished off in, in, in the bubble. Um, the, the raw talent, um, it's kind of like, um, I wish I had a, a great analogy, um, but not talking to y'all guys for so long kind of got my, my analogy game kind of weak right now. But um, I mean, those those guys just go out there and play, you know, with nothing but heart, emotions. Um, and just my confidence come from, you know, once they understand and get a better feeling in their game, they're going to be that much better. You know, just seeing them just go out there, just, just do things of raw talent. You know, it's exciting to see, exciting to be a part of, and, and and exciting to help. You know, whenever I could get a chance to talk to them, whether on the court, off the court, um, and, and seeing their development is, is is extremely exciting for me. Uh, it was tough to not play. You know, I always wanted to play with the guys, but it was uh, nice to see the guys having time to you know get experience and to see guys you know taking advantage of the time and playing well. You know, that was kind of you know. Uh, Good to see. I feel like everyone kind of grew in uh, different ways in the bubble, so that was nice to see. We had a little taste of what we can do. Um, we got to build on that. Obviously, we have LA back, who is a, a big part for our of our team, and uh, you know it's going to be great to have somebody like him on top of what we already established. So um, I think we'll be, you know, we'll be pretty good. You know, for me, I, I mean, it wasn't much of an adjustment for me. Um, you know, I just went out there and played basketball. We played fast. Um, not something I'm not used to doing. Um, we played fast. We, we, we played defense and we, we played hard. So, you know, um, any competitor would be cool with that. Right. Uh, I think one of the biggest things we learned was that uh, for us, playing is better than uh, breaking things down two on two, three on three four on four like you might during regular seasons and you have a little bit more time uh, to teach. Uh, playing basketball, playing five on five, going up and down, getting guys used to each other because uh, they hadn't played in so long uh, was much better than doing drill work. Uh, just teaching on the fly, letting them know uh, about each other, how to learn how to play with each other rather than running drills. That was probably the biggest takeaway. and. Uh, Secondly, I think uh, the time spent together there helped them to uh, have a little bit more knowledge of each other, a little bit more empathy of each other, you know, a little closer to their teammates. Uh, so I thought that worked out well. So obviously one of the big questions that Spurs fans have after the bubble that was so successful is, is six-time All-Star LaMarcus Aldridge going to come in and mess everything up because he plays slow? Uh, They've made it very clear from the beginning of camp here that that's not going to happen. Um, you know, everyone, Pop came out and said, we want him shooting more threes. He's been working on shooting more threes in his, in his training. And that's, he's, he's going to fit into how we're playing. And Pop saying that is kind of a big deal. Um, I, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this, but like, you know, we don't hear him saying things like that about DeMar because, DeMar is probably 
not somebody that they're pushing to take more threes because he's definitely way more comfortable doing what he does. But by, by publicly putting it out there and saying, Hey, he's going to do this. He's going to fall in line with what we're doing. Um, you know, politely as, as you know, no shade, but like, he's going to do this. I, yeah, I, I, think I think that's that, a, a key thing. Yeah. And, and I think where you have to give pop credit for throughout his entire tenure in San Antonio is that he has always been amendable to change. Now, whether he changes as fast as the fan base wants is a different story, right? I mean, last year everybody was saying, why are you playing Marco? Why are you playing Bryn forever? And, you know, it took until pretty much the bubble to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to finally, like, commit ourselves to not doing that more. So there are some things where it's a little bit egg on face, but I think Pop takes that in stride. He admits, look, what I did last year, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, because I, I don't remember going to the playoffs. I don't remember winning a championship. So, you know, we're going to change, and we are going to demand that change. You know, there is no wiggle room. They're going to put in the system, and you're going to have to work yourself into the system. This isn't optional. Um, this is the way that the Spurs are moving. Uh, and, and everybody seems on board with that. With LaMarcus, we talked about this last year as well. You know, the post-up. Is, is a dying breed in the NBA. It's just not a good play anymore. And occasionally, right, if you find uh, a mouse in the house, you can go and do your thing. But, you know, LaMarcus and those fadeaway jumpers from, you know, right inside the three-point line, and, and I mean, that, that has to go. Like, I don't, I, like, sometimes he gets into a zone and he hits all those, and that's great. But, like, I don't want to see that shot. It, it, I don't want to see it. It's not a good shot anymore. It, you know, it, I guess technically it's not a good, it wasn't a good shot anyway, if we know the information we know now. But regardless, uh, LaMarcus has proven that he can be a successful three-point shooter. And when he has done that in the past, the offense has looked so much better. So, um, you know, I know fans want to see it first before they believe it. But from everything that we have heard, this is not really an optional thing. He's going to have to adjust. If LaMarcus wants to stay in the league for another two, three, four years, this is his role. And this Contract is what he's going to have to do. Yeah. No, he, he's definitely, uh, I think, going to play with something to prove. Um, having missed a lot of time, uh, a lot of people – he's close to a 40% shooter, a three-point shooter. When he, you know, in a, in a fairly decent sample size, you know, when you look at LaMarcus's numbers throughout his career. I mean, it, it's a small adjustment, right? It, it seems like it should be a small adjustment. Just take another step back and, and shoot that same shot, and, and you got it. Um, it's just coming with that mindset. And, I, I mean, I think um, we, we kind of talked about how Pop is amenable to change, amenable to change, but he's also someone who is um, amenable to um, play, looking at the roster he has and, and playing to those strengths, right? And that's what he did with DeMar and LaMarcus for a big chunk of time with their time together was, you know, this is going to be a two point shooting team. We're going to zig while the rest of the league zags. Um, and I think now that they've missed the playoffs playing that way, he's like, let's, let's try something else. You know, he, he's a guy who makes adjustments. The organization makes adjustments. Um, and, and I mean, there, there are going to be other guys who, who kind of have to find their roles, you know, um, DeMar, I think, settled into his role better in the bubble than we had seen him being a facilitator. He's always been a guy who's been a great playmaker for the team. 
Um, and kind of, I think we've talked about on this podcast a handful of times. He's, he's the one you want with the ball in his hands, right? It's not DeJounte Murray making the plays. You, you want DeRozan being the guy to drive and, and kick out or find the, find the good shot. Uh, and, and Rudy Gay as well. You know, where does he fit in among this, uh, this kind of young core now? Yeah, so I, I think the, the big thing with Aldridge is him transitioning to, you know, not being the center piece anymore and just, just being the center, you know. And if he does his version of just the center and is spacing the floor, picking and popping, you know, doing all the little things and being a complimentary piece – he can be one of the better complimentary pieces out there at that position. Um, well, the model for this is Brooke Lopez in Milwaukee, right? Um, sure. Yeah. He's yeah. got the skill set to do that. Right. Um, and it's, it's been really interesting to hear everybody from, you know, Pop, Pop said it, LaMarcus co-signed. And then the other guys, when asked about it, were like, yeah, he's going to fit in great with what we're doing. It kind of got taken out of context. You'll you'll hear here that there was no shade. It was just, yeah, this is what we're doing. He's going to do what we're doing. We're not doing what he has done for his whole career. Um, so, yeah, everybody from, from Pop to L.A. on down seems pretty on board with him shooting threes. Uh, and I think that uh, L.A. will have no problem uh, adjusting to how we play. Uh, because uh, he he wants to win, uh, we want to get back in the playoffs, and he is committed uh, to taking another huge step as far as becoming more of a three-point shooter, which is necessary in this league for success, we all know. He took a big step last year, and he's taking even a bigger step this year. Uh, his workouts, you know, all summer long and into the fall uh, have – centered around that and he's bought into that and knows how much that can help us and my three ball i mean i've always been able to shoot it i think last year you know when pop came to me and said you know i i need you to shoot it more that's why i think the second half of the season you know i shot so many so now i'm going into the season with that same mindset but with more confidence with more time to uh you know uh, work on it because I've been off you know so long I've you know just gotten up a lot of shots so going into this season with the mindset of you know that's what I, I have to do and being more comfortable it's just you know gonna make things easier yeah I'm excited you know it's uh, a fun uh, uh, style of basketball you know I feel like I can I can mesh and you know play any style that I need to to you know try to help the team win games and uh, be better so I'm looking forward to it all right appreciate it Thanks, Jeff. Let's go to Tom Orsborn. Tom. L.A. Pop suggested you, you'll have an even more expanded role as a three-point shooter. Um, just what are your thoughts on that, and, and where are you with your three-point shooting? Uh, I uh, support that, and I feel really comfortable with it, so I'm not going to do a lot of talking about it. I think, you know, it's time to just go do it, so, you know, I will say I, you know, I put the work in, so we'll see. Yeah, adjustments both ways, I think. Um, but but like like we saw in the bubble, the the style of play and the pace that everyone plays with, and the amount of threes that um, teams are shooting, like 
it's it, it's the ways the game's going. Obviously, that's that's no secret there. Um, so it's, it's going to be adjustments both ways, but adjustments that I think he, he can do. And um, you know, being with him the last couple of days now since um, we've we've all been back, um, you know, it, it's the growth of of players as you get older and as the game grows. And I think the head honcho of that is Manu Ginobili and how he's been able to um, adapt as, as he got older and, and how the game has changed as well. So, you know, if we take a note from from his book, it's, it's the sacrifices that we need to make to make sure that um, we do our part to make the team succeed in, in any way possible. But it's a great point. The way that we played in the bubble was was fun, exciting with the young boys up and down, um, you know, the defensive pressure as well. Um, so it's, it's you were obviously looking to carry on from that. You know, adding guys in like L.A., uh, you know, we're excited to, you know, have him back, uh, just his presence alone, you know, and, uh, you know, as long as he get on board with us and ready to continue to do what we you know, we're doing in the bubble, then I feel like we'll be just fine. I think he definitely has, yeah. Um, and I noticed that he's he's out on the perimeter, perimeter a lot more. Like, he's taking and popping with me a lot more. It's, it's honestly, um, it's, it's tough to guard for me out there because I'm, I'm trying to play the pick and roll and then I'm trying to close out to him all the way out at three. It's, um, it, it's difficult to deal with. And, and I, I think that, he can be very effective for us in, in that way. And obviously we know he's he's able to score in, in multiple different ways. So so he's still got that going for him. But um, yeah, I, I noticed that he's really trying to focus on getting out at three, spacing the floor for us and, and making it tough on, on defensive rotation. LaMarcus is, you know, a pure pro- profession. You know, he understands what he needs to do. I need to do it. Um, his preparation, him getting back to 100% um, health, you know, it was a rough year for him at the end of the year dealing with injuries. Then obviously not having him in a bubble um, suck. Um, but I got the utmost confidence in, in, in knowing that, you know, LA is definitely going to fit in and do whatever it takes for us to be successful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I missed majority of the season my uh, freshman year with that uh, hip injury. So, um, you know, it was a lot of people that said I wouldn't be back the same, won't be good anymore. So I definitely took that personal and tried to better myself. And that's when I really uh, changed my shot, changed my form. I and mean, it's been documented, you know, how much time I, I spent, you know, sitting on that, that box just shooting one-handed. And I think that's what's transformed my game to being, you know, such a, a decent shooter is, you know, having that, that uh, you know, a good form now. So, you know, this was a, the same thing. I, I had time to, you know, kind of sit back and reflect and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, see what this team needs for me. And I think, you know, I started to, uh, you know, give that, you know, last season, you know, the, the second half. I think now um, I've had all of these months to even, you know, I've become more comfortable with the three. So, you know, I can do it even better and, you know, at a even more um, – um, confident right now, so you know, I feel like it should help us. And you know, time, you know, time will tell. So Jackson, you mentioned Demar and Rudy in addition to Lamarcus's veteran leaders, and Popovich called them out uh, positively in his media day. Said those were guys who really developed as leaders in the bubble, changed their games a little bit, played a little bit more up tempo, a little better defense. Um, and we definitely saw like the two best versions of those guys in the bubble. Um, and in the off season, we, we don't know what DeMar has been working on so much 
he went out to Montana and did some things, apparently. Uh, Rudy said he's lost about 10 pounds in an effort to get more mobile. Uh, I, thought, I thought he had some really interesting stuff to say about the direction of the game where it's like, you know, me bulking up is not conducive to playing basketball in 2021. You know, like that's not, that's not the way the game is going. He needs to be, he, and he knows he needs to be as agile as he can to extend his NBA career. Um, so I, I like the role that he could play, especially in the bubble he started hitting threes. All last season he was shooting, he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn from deep. And then in the bubble, it was working. He just needed yeah. some of that Florida sunshine. That's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, no. If if he can knock down the three ball, move his feet on defense, and you know not be quite such a liability on that end, which will be easier when not surrounded by other liabilities. Um, same thing for Demar. We've discussed that a lot on this show, Evan. I think you brought it up a while ago. Demar yeah. looks way better on defense when he's not surrounded by guys like Bryn Forbes and Marco Bellinelli. It's just facts. Like, I mean, he can focus way more on – I mean, you can hide him, first of all, and he can focus more on his assignment. Yeah. And, look, we, what we saw from Rudy in Orlando is what we saw from Rudy two seasons ago when the Spurs made the playoffs and became the seventh seed and took the Nuggets to seven games. He was phenomenal that whole year. And last year was just a regression to the mean, and he just stunk. I mean, he stunk. And, you know, I don't know what clicked. I don't know if there was a regression to the mean in the positive direction, uh, whether the adjustments he made during the, the hiatus and the pandemic worked in his favor. But uh, he was such a spark um, coming off the bench. Uh, Usage-wise was, was pretty high. They were running a lot through him, actually, and he was succeeding. So it's one of those things where you go, I don't want Rudy's usage to be that high. Well, if he is being successful, then I have no problems with it. I think long-term, I don't know if he can sustain it versus the eight games we got, but, you know, uh, he has he's, – he's still a good player. He's still a, a, a very good player, works perfectly coming off the bench, um, and, and that's really where San Antonio has, has made its money over the past couple of years is when the bench comes in, they usually are able to spark some sort of run to get the team back into it. You know? and, and that's ultimately their advantage during the regular season. Uh, we know that doesn't really help too much in a postseason situation, but that's where they are right now. Yeah, I mean, the bench unit is, is going to be a strength this year if guys like Rudy can step up. And I think, Evan, you make a good point there. He looked right in the bubble. That was eight games, you know. Let's see how far he can stretch that into the yeah. season. But whatever that he can provide, you know, the Spurs will take gladly. Um, and, and I think, uh, you know, he and DeMar, I, I know we've got some sound from them speaking um, from, from Media Day here about their roles in this next upcoming season and, and what they're looking forward to doing. But these are pivotal seasons for both of them, you know. It, it, this is Demar's chance to prove if that max contract wasn't out there for him this time, maybe it's out there this next time, or maybe he proves to the Spurs that he's their long-term option, uh, as we talked about. And then Rudy, you know, I don't know how much longer he, he can sustain an NBA career. He's getting up there in age. He he doesn't have the skill set yet to be a guy who can play into you know he's not Vince Carter, right? 
Um, he, he's not going to be a guy who plays till he's 43, but maybe he's got two or three more years there. And if it's with the Spurs as a role player off the bench, you know, that that's awesome. So people like DeMar and Rudy uh, were great in mentoring these guys and actually uh, ended up changing some of the ways they have played over the years, uh, pace wise, you know, pace wise, uh, making defense more of a priority. Uh, they bought in. Uh, they really enjoyed the young guys and melded together with them. Uh, so, you know, those two guys I was really proud of uh, because they became uh, leaders in that sense. So the growth that took place there uh, in, in some ways was unexpected, uh, but it happened. So we're just going to go forward from what we did there. I mean, for me, just being a competitor that I am, you know, um, I wasn't satisfied the way we, we ended the season. You know, it's always easy to kind of cop out and, you know, find a, you know, a different situation that, that could heighten your chances to kind of be more successful. But for me, I always never – I never ran from a challenge, you know, and I felt like it was so much still left on the table for us to do, especially the way we played in the bubble. Um, you know, coming down to, you know um, – the game or however however that whole thing worked out for us being able to play for a spot to be, get in the playoffs. Um, so me just feeling like it was unfinished business. Hey, DeMar, how you doing? What's up, brother? So uh, Pop talked about your growth as a leader when we talked to him. DeJounte credited Pop with changing his style of coaching in the bubble and, you know, taking a step back, letting the young guys run. Um, what does that do to your role as a leader on the team, especially on the court? Does it add a little responsibility to you making sure everybody's in the right place and doing the right? Uh, most definitely. I mean, both, most definitely. Um, I mean, you've seen it in a bubble. You know, um, he just put the responsibility on us. And as me being one of the older guys, veterans on his team, you know, um, I wanted to take that challenge on, you know, helping my guys when we out there on the practice court and, and, and playing to try to figure it out on the go, you know, because sometimes, you know, we got to rely on ourselves. And when we understand that, and once I understood that, um, I looked at it from perspective of, you know, let me, let me communicate better. Let me see how I could be a better leader to lead these guys um, so we could be successful. And, you know, it, it, it all came together, you know, um, Pop giving us the responsibility and treating us in a, in a way of understanding that we was going to look out for one another, um, we did that and we showed that. I mean, he's a pro. That's one of them. I'm, I'm probably, you know, much closer with DeMar off the floor than a lot of people in the NBA in general. And uh, just him, you know, he's one of my favorites off the floor and on the floor. But to see him and Rudy, you know, we can't forget about Rudy. You know, see them both come to the bubble. And obviously L.A. was hurt, but uh, see them two to come to the bubble and just adjust to the young guys. You know, they're like, we got some young guys here who could play, you know, so we're going to adjust. And at the same time, when we needed DeMar to take over, he was ready to take over. Or we needed Rudy to be Rudy. Rudy was Rudy. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's basketball. Uh, believe in your teammates. And they believed in the young guys. And, you, you know, you've seen good results. I don't know. I think uh, the bubble helped a lot. They relate to us a little bit more. I mean, the thing about the young younger players, they don't realize, you know, they might have seen some of the older players play all that, but they don't realize that we know what they're going through. For us to be around them, you know, more often and being around them in the bubble, you have no choice but to 
you know, be with your teammates. Um, we learned a lot about them. They learned a lot about us. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think me and DeMar went with a genuine approach. It's really one to not only help them as players, um, because at the end of the day, the bubble was was basically us going out there fighting for our lives. And at, the, at that point, we had nothing to lose. So we were, at the end of the day, just trying to win as many games as we can and try to, you know, build the younger players as much as we can. So that's what we went in there with the mind state of. And um, I feel like, you know, although the bubble was what it was, but it was more about this year. So we um, we got an upper hand on this year, and we learned what those players can do. Um, and we're going to expect, you know, even more out of them this year. So, you know, it, it was uh, – the bubble was successful. It's maybe not what, you know, the people outside of the team thinks, but I think it was successful. You know, as, as, you, as you get older and play longer, you try to, you know, become as mobile as possible. <laughs> Me bulking up is probably not conducive to what this game is going to. So, you know, I just try to do the best I can for my body and, uh, you know, for this team, for what the team needs me for. So, you know, um, that was just working myself and, you know, I ended up losing weight. So, you know, I feel good and ready to go. You know, it's uh, – the game is changing. It's a fast-paced game. You know, obviously uh, – us playing slow is not conducive to how the game is being played. So uh, how does that benefit me? I mean, I, I feel like it benefits me. I mean, I played the small four for most of my life. I, you know, in the bubble, I played the four and five. So, you know, I guess that makes us faster. <laughs> I guess. I don't I don't know. But, you know, it's, it's you know, it is what it is. You got to gotta go with the times. Got to go with the times. Uh, I took that into accountability with my training and everything. Then when, you, when things change, you have to change. So I change my training, change my diet, change, you know, how, you know, my mindset, everything. Got to be open to doing anything. Hey, Rudy, good to see you. Um, so you've mentioned a little bit about uh, mentoring the young guys. What specifically did you tell them, maybe not about basketball, but about life in the NBA that you hope resonated? And then as far as your body goes, um, you're going into year 14 of your NBA career. How has your process with the way that you not only build your body, but maintain it, how has that changed for you? Um, to answer your first question, um, I think most of what we talked about is, you know, what, most of what the young players ask about, you know, my NBA experience. Um, you know, how different teams, how things work with different teams and, and you know, that's, that's part of being, you know, that just sharing your, your knowledge. Um, there's a lot of other teams out there, a lot of other ways of, of thinking. I think that's why, that's what makes people, you know, good because they have knowledge of everything. And, uh, that's, that's what we, that's what me and DeMar brought to, you know, the bubble. You know, where it was a lot of isolation and stuff, it, maybe this, 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 this time was more about movement, just trying to, trying to, you know, be more mobile and, 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 and you know, I wear my Apple Watch every day to see how many calories I burn. <laughs> Stuff like that, you know, just just being, you know, just just trying to trying to stay as in not just not just basketball shape, just shaping, you know, in general. The more you sit around, the more the more, the more you get used to just sitting around, not doing anything. I didn't want to get into that habit. So you know, every day was a new challenge to try different things, take care of my body, take care of my diet. So we've talked about a lot about. Uh, veteran leadership here and haven't mentioned Patty Mills yet 
Patty Mills, who went to Orlando knowing that he was going to sit on the bench the whole time, watch these rowdy kids figure out how to play Spurs basketball. And, um, you know, he talked a lot about that coaching role. Um, and then he's also talked a lot about bringing the best version of Patty Mills, the Team Australia version of Patty Mills. Uh, and that has me excited. So we'll listen to some of the great stuff that Patty has to say here uh, because it's just a joy to listen to him talk and he'll say it better than I could have. You know, obviously the whole bubble was was an interesting um, experience, but, you know, in, in terms of the mentorship, um, that's something that, that hasn't changed. I guess the unique part of um, being in the position that I was put in in the bubble was it gave me the opportunity to um, obviously be an assistant coach and take uh, Tim Duncan's coaching role. Um, but but I, got to, I got to have a perspective that I've never really had before. And, and, and one is obviously from a coaching standpoint, but more importantly, a, a perspective of how I can still develop and, um, and, and learn and grow as a player. So that was very important for, for me to see, as well as do my usual thing of, um, of be a leader, for, especially for these young boys and, and, and for the team. So um, it, it was a good experience for me, um, and I made sure to, to make the most of it. Um, obviously, you always want to play, um, but I think that I gained a, a lot of experience and knowledge um, from being in that role through the bubble. So being from, um, you know, what I've taken from that, I think having the time to self-reflect and um, again, like I said, have, have that time over the last few months to, to step away, um, self-reflect and, and, you know, um, see where, where what I still have, you know, in the tank to be able to grow and develop and, and learn. And, and I feel like these next nine, 10 months as it goes into the Tokyo Olympics, um, for whatever reason, I'm more determined than, than ever to be able to play at my best. Um, and with the Tokyo Olympics coming up, you know, I think that has helped um, me be in the mindset that I'm in right now. And, and I've had the best preparation that I've had personally um, over the last four months. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in a great place mentally, great place physically. And coming in right now, ready to, as I said, make up for, for not being able to make the playoffs last year. So uh, looking forward to, to getting back out on the floor, that's for sure. Patty, going from that assistant coach role that you just talked about to now, um, you know, with Bryn and Marco moving on, you're the last pure shooter on the roster with the injuries that Pop mentioned yesterday. You guys are a little thin at the guard rotation. So uh, what do you see as your role on the floor with this team, especially in the beginning of the season and then moving forward? Oh, look, I think, I think my mindset, my, my mindset and where I'm at right now is, is being able to get to the point of who I am on the, on the national team, because that's who I am. Um, and it, it's, it's far removed from just being a pure three point shooter. So it's got nothing to do with that. Um, and again, that's the self-reflection part that I've been able to get to over the last few months. But um, that, that's the determination that, that I have. I mean, whenever I get the chance to go back and, and play for Australia and, and put on the green and gold and, and, and you know, be that person, um, 
it's who I am. And I think the, the role that I've had here in, in San Antonio has been different from that for the last nine seasons. So going into my 10th season, you know, it, it's really on me to be able to, um, you know, fuse them both together and, and really, um, you know, unleash a, a, of who I really am. And I think I, I do the best of that when, when I do play for Australia. So, um, look, I think it's just being able to, um, you know, put on the table what I've learned um, all the knowledge that I've gained from being around Tim, Tony and Manu, especially, um, and, and put that in into place uh, this season. But I can tell you that there's a lot of um, firepower and a lot of determination that has come um, since since the bubble and, and my experiences in there. Thanks, Penny. I can still grow and still develop um, as that player. And, and that's the mindset, I guess, that, that I'm, I'm bringing to this season. Hey, Patty, uh, last time you mentioned wanting to bring the Team Australia version of yourself to San Antonio this year. I think part of the reason that that version of you is so effective is the off-ball movement, um, which is kind of a more nuanced skill than it gets credit for. How tough is that and how tough is that to learn? Um, and what are you seeing with the progression from the young guys on, on that skill? Yeah, just experience, I think, um, just being able to work out how you can still um, make an impact without having the ball necessarily in, in your hands. Um, and, and it's a tough thing to guard too. Um, you see it around the league, you know, those people who are who are shooters and can be able to move without the ball, you know, JJ Reddick, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, all those type of people. It's definitely hard to, hard to guard and I think, you know, me and that mindset of who I am on the national team is is definitely um, a variety of off the ball and on the ball. Um, and I think that's been my, my biggest mindset um, of being able to be away is 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 really coming strong with that um, with that play or that, that mindset that I have with the national team and, and bringing it here. Um, and, and not being apologetic about it. And I think that that um, aggressive mindset is um, what makes me me um, and how I've been able to be successful in that role, especially with, with the national team. So I think as our game grows here in San Antonio, it, it, it caters to that definitely. So, um, yeah, just, just being that aggressive mindset um, and, and backing myself as well at the same time. Yeah, I don't mean to reduce you to an off-ball guy with Australia because you are asked to do a lot of different things for that team. And that kind of brings me to my next question on versatility. You guys have a very versatile roster this year. Do you envision getting sort of back to more of the beautiful game style where the ball's not sticking quite as much? Guys are making quick decisions to either shoot or move it. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting point because I, I think – that it, it won't be um, like it was um, a number of years ago in that, that beautiful game. I, I think we have our own identity on, on how we will be, um, you know, moving into this season. Um, so definitely movement, um, but I think it, it's going to be a fun way to play because of the versatility that, that we do have out in the, the open court, um, being able to penetrate, get into the, the paint. Um, it, it, it's similar, but I think it has our own little um, identity piece. Um, I, you could say the, the, the modern, beautiful game, hopefully, is what we'll get to. Extremely important. I would say Patty, you know, he is the definition of a Spurs player. Um, he's the definition of it all, honestly. 
Um, when you talk about a perfect vet who talks to the talks to the players, not just on the court but off the court, Patty Mills is one of them. Um, he continues to be a leader, um, just about basketball, but also showing us the bigger picture about life. And not just him, but you also got you know Rudy and Demar, who since they've been in the league for so much, you have nothing. They have nothing but just to teach. You know, they have to continue to teach. And having players like that who know so much about the game is a blessing. Um, day in and day out, you can ask them almost any question you want, and they will give you a direct a direct answer. So, you know, Patty, Lamarck Saldres, DeMar Rose, and Rudy, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, these guys are continuously teaching us because we're, we're still young. We still have a lot to learn. We still have a lot to prove. And having guys like Patty and Rudy who aren't, scared to to tell us what's what and what you know what's wrong what's right um is really going to allow us to grow as individual players when, when you look back at last season and obviously not being able to make the playoffs it, it's 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 not like it was a waste of a season because you know there's a lot of money that was put into that bank um from last season and, and all stuff that we can grow from um and now you know you look at the guy we're, we're one year more experienced um and you look at the short season that we're going into, um, we got guys that have been around this system, you know, one year more. And um, I think that we're, you know, we're, we're essentially how we we were playing before the lockout happened. Um, you know, that that's the the progress that we were going into. So uh, I think we're we're in a good spot. Um, like I said, ev everyone's um, has been grinding and and putting their work in. But I think that that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to take off from where we left off before um, the shutdown happened in in the NBA. And from that standpoint, like I'm I'm really I'm really excited for that. Um, and, and I'm you know couldn't be more happier of the progress guys have made um, these these last couple of months as well. So yeah, uh, Patty out for blood here. Team Australia Boomers Patty is. A menace, um, and I—I I think it was—it was interesting for me because I asked him a couple of questions, meaning no disrespect. I—I I, I said that you know he's—he's he's the last pure shooter on the roster. Um, I, I said he was really great off-ball cutter to you know get kind of questions about those aspects of his game, and like he didn't take offense, but he—he he like very politely kind of bristled at like. I'm trying to be so much more than that. You know, like I'm not just a shooter. I'm not just the off ball guy. Like I can do a lot of different things on the court. And, you know, so, so what is the essence to you guys of where's Patty? Uh, I'm, I mean, when you watch Boomer Patty or we, we said Eva Patty in the past, Olympic Patty, whatever you want to say, um, He's just way, way, way more involved, uh, way more of a centerpiece in what that team is doing. Uh, he's a spark plug, not only defensively and with his energy, but he also lights it up from three. And as you mentioned, all the off-ball stuff. Within the Spurs system, you know, he is – and he even mentioned it. You know, he's going to – for nine years here, he has played a certain way and has left the way that he plays with the Australian team – um, you know, by the wayside, and he's gladly accepted that role. You know, he has no qualms about doing that. Now, I think Patty is going to be way more aggressive, and you might see him hunt more shots uh, inside 
you know, he might initiate a little bit more now instead of just running around the perimeter and shooting three-pointers all the time. Uh, when you watch him in the Olympics with the Australian team, he will drive a good chunk of times and draw contact, get to the line. I don't think we really see that too much with his San Antonio role. So I think that's something that you might see a little bit more is him with the ball in his hand trying to make something happen. Um, because all the off-ball stuff and working the perimeter, that's kind of what we're used to with Patty. Maybe not as much. Maybe it'll be exacerbated in the new system. But I think now he's going to be way more aggressive. Um, and, and he's going to hunt his shots a little bit more. So he wants all that smoke. That All I'm getting this offseason is – he wants all the smoke, and he's ready to put it all on the table that he's got something to prove um, and that he's not just some sort of role player. It looks like he is going to make a, a pretty big impact this year. Look, I mean, a, a shark can be out for blood, but he's only going to taste blood when he gets a bite. And I don't know how many bites there are for Patty Mills this season. You know, uh, he can talk all this he wants, but you were talking about the rotation that we're, we're seeing here. Sure, they're down Brynn and Marco, but there's still DeJounte Murray. There's still Derek White. There's still Lonnie Walker. Uh, he's going to maybe lose minutes to Vassell as well. But. When you look at the second unit, though, Patty Mills, Jakob Pertl, uh, maybe Keldon when he's healthy. I assume he's in that, that unit. Uh, Rudy Gay. And then maybe a starter comes on over. Like, he's going to be a, – a, he's going to have a pretty big role in that second unit. And you, like, last year – he had a monster role in that second unit and was very successful. Like the Spurs weren't a great team. And I still don't know where they would have been without Patty Mills the first two months of the year. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who, if you can get FIBA Patty for 16 minutes a game, that's going to be pretty awesome for the Spurs. Um, and if he takes those, those chances to, to get those bites, I mean, maybe it's a system thing. He, he really hasn't done that in the past. You know, he's been more of a, a spot-up shooter or a cutter or one of these guys who's constantly on the move. And uh, early on in off the rotation, you know, he was the guy who, who'd play the full court press, right. Who'd be hounding the guard as he's bringing up the ball. Um, we haven't seen that. And as, as he's gotten older here in the last few years, but I, I appreciate the fire. I appreciate the enthusiasm. And I think it's going to be really good for the young guys just to see him bring that too, you know? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, the biggest thing with Patty is the leadership. And he talked a bit there, right, about how, um, you know, being an assistant coach, he got to see a different side of the, the game, not just the game itself, but how he can change and how he can be a better version of himself. And, I mean, if, if we get the best version of Patty Mills for, you know, like you said, 16 minutes or so a game, I, I think that would be a, a huge boon. And you're right. Like the, ho the whole thing is leadership with Patty. And we've talked about all of these veterans, a lot of whom a lot of Spurs fans want to be, you know, cleared off the roster so they can make room for, you know, whatever young player they think is going to be the next big thing and lead this team to greatness again. Um, but like the young guys still need veterans, right? So what is the the utility of this veteran leadership? What's the value of it? And and we also haven't talked about how they're all on expiring contracts, and all of them, if they play well this year, could be seen as assets at the trade deadline. Yeah. So on that point, what what are the chances? What if if 
this point in time, all three are on the roster. Uh, um, you know, come March, are all three of them still on the roster? What do you guys think? All four. All four, I mean, yeah, sorry, Rudy Gay too, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I think it all depends on how the season's going. Like, I don't, I don't see anybody giving up a significant amount for Patty Mills, and I don't, I don't see the Spurs just trading him away for, like, a second rounder or some peddling piece. So, for a guy like Patty or Rudy, I don't see them getting moved because I just don't think the Spurs are going to want to just trade them to trade them. Unless there was, like, you know, hey, we're going to commit ourselves to Lucas Shamanich and allow Rudy to go hunt a championship or something like that. Um, outside of that, I probably lean towards both of those guys staying. And then you look at the DeMar or LaMarcus. I think LaMarcus probably has the greatest chance of getting traded because I can see his value being through the roof if he proves he can shoot three-pointers. So, you know, we'll see with DeMar. DeMar is a tricky piece to add to a new team. You just – the way that the Spurs play, I think it actually fits what he does really well. But not many teams are going to want to trade – an excessive amount for a guy who's probably the third best on a title team. So I would say that LaMarcus would be the guy to watch for deadline time if the Spurs aren't making any noise. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with the it, – it really depends on how the season goes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm ready for people to flame me on my – uh, preseason optimism. Uh, one of the many words I wrote was, "You never know what can happen, including injuries." And if the uh, injuries wind up hampering this season, and you know, Demar and Lamarcus play their roles well, but the supporting cast is, you know, rookies, and uh, you know, the they can't string together wins. Uh, early half of this schedule looks tough. They might be in a bad position come trade deadline. Yeah. And if they are, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they just took what they could get. Um, and, you know, would that be the, the worst result for a season? Increasing their draft stock in what should be a stacked draft? Not necessarily. Um, you know, so even if this season goes bad for the Spurs, it can still go well. And that's something that Patty kind of touched on was like, you know, last season was not wasted, even though we didn't make the playoffs and we're pissed about that. Like everybody got a year of growth together. Um, and I, I think now is a good time to talk about the, uh, as, as Patty calls them, the young boys um, who he's been mentoring. Um, so we've so mentioned real quick, the injuries. Just, uh, talking about the, uh, yeah. the young boys there, if you had to choose between the banana boat crew, the coffee gang, or the young boys, who's your squad? Oh, I'm hanging out with the young boys. Oh, We're going to wow. play video games and watch cartoons. All right. Okay. I'm with the coffee gang just because I love coffee. I, I think I'm, I'm with Evan there. I'm, I'm, um, I'm going old school coffee gang just to listen to Boris DL talk stories <laughs> about. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the, this is true. You can't go wrong, really. Well, Tom, um, you're a young boy too, so I, I don't, I don't, yeah, that, that makes sense. You're, you're fitting right in. Anyway, I didn't mean to derail the conversation there, but I just love That's the young right. boys gang. L listen, 
if if Evan gets like five derails per podcast, you get at least one. But yeah, that's your only fair. one. So shut up. That's right. No, I mean, I'll, shut your mouth. I'll take my are answers done, off. Are you done talking? Can you mute yourself? Okay. As I was saying, we talked about the injuries a little bit. Um, they were things that Pop just sort of nonchalantly mentioned in his media availabilities, as he's wont to do. Uh, said that Keldon Johnson, Derek White, and Quindary Weatherspoon will all likely be out to start the season. Mentioned recently that Lonnie Walker has been dealing with back spasms. Um, and, I mean, Derek was one of the best three-point shooters in the bubble. He was arguably the Spurs' best player, like best all-around basketball player. Um, he was set for a starting role to start this season, so it's a bummer that he's still recovering from toe surgery after he played through that dislocated toe in the bubble. Yikes. Ow. Uh, Keldon recently saw pictures of him in a walking boot. Um, so he's dealing with some foot issues. Not sure what they are. It's just foot right now. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, Q, I didn't see him having a huge role, but I, you know, he, especially with those guys hurt, he could probably get some spot minutes. Um, and we're not sure the extent or duration of those injuries. So how much does it hurt the team to not have these guys, especially after what they showed in the bubble? Uh, big time. I think not having a combination of Derek and Keldon, which, um, I'm fairly certain we're not going to see them to begin the season. I, I mean, Keldon more so than Derek, just because we have a little bit more information with pictures. But um, Keldon and Derek are part of that engine that runs that team forward with pace. And Derek is going to provide a lot of three-pointers where they lost it with Brennan Marco. And, you know, you can run this fun style of, of offense and this pace and the system – but if you don't have the horses that made it so successful, then what are we looking at? Because you're going to have Rudy and Patty and DeMar and LaMarcus as mainstays as trying to, to do this thing when they need the young bucks to, to kind of push the pace. So I'm worried to start the season. Do I think these are like long-term issues? I, I don't for now, you know, um, but until we know more information, we don't really know how much more time we're going to miss White and Keldon. You know, and, and as I said, Q, I don't really factor in too much because I didn't see him getting many minutes anyway. But uh, – and, and Lonnie, with the back spasms, Pop seemed to think that he could be practicing soon. So maybe we don't see Lonnie in the first or second preseason games. But I tend to believe that Lonnie will be game ready. Um, but, yeah, that it, it doesn't help. I mean, the Spurs – are already um, have an uphill climb in the Western Conference with the competition. They need all of their horses, and Derek is one of the best players on the team, and Keldon is one of the biggest rising stars. Yeah, I think uh, just the the um, we I've mentioned it a little bit, but the shortened off season has has created a lot of questions around the league. Uh, it's not just the Spurs who are facing injuries or absences. You know, as we look at this schedule ahead, there's the Rockets on the books. We played the Lakers twice. Um, 
both those guys could both those teams could be missing pieces you know James Harden just returned to the team he has yet to participate in training camp and who knows how long he's sticking around there too with the rumors swirling regarding Philadelphia things like that the Lakers you know LeBron James was shocked they're starting the season before Christmas and he's a guy who just came off of uh, a grueling season and um, you know has 70 days to turn it around does he play in those games you know there's question marks along the lines there where if the Spurs miss a couple guys for a few games um, that that shouldn't hurt them in the long run you know the they're going to run into guys who are, who are still trying to trying to put it together and and, and uh, have the same issues there as well. I didn't even mention Golden State being without Clay Thompson this season. You know that's a heartbreaking injury to to have to go through. Um, but if, if if it turns out that Johnson misses until February or March, I'd like to get him back into the to the the, the works, get back into the rotation uh, earlier than that. You know that's a that's a huge bummer if he's missing that much time. And, and there's so many questions surrounding that. You know that we've just heard bits and pieces from the organization, seen the photos of Keldon Aboot, and that's about it. But uh, and that's the thing I, is we we've been seeing Keldon with workout videos on Instagram and online. So to me, the injury is probably fairly recent, and I would say probably within the month. I mean, we know that it's been an injury for a couple of weeks, but I would say it's, he's probably got a month-long injury. You know, two to four weeks at least is when that injury probably occurred, and he's still in a walking boot. You know, you're, I mean, I'm just guessing. But I'm, I tend to – Derek's injury we knew of, and he's recovering – the Keldon one is a huge question mark because that one seemed to just pop up. Yeah. And if they can just get Derek back, I'm way more optimistic. You know, I love Keldon, but to me, Derek is so important. He is. He just, I mean, go, go put back tape of how he played in the bubble. and he, He's the great white how, buffalo. Yeah, you just, you need him. The, the Spurs yeah. need him. That's, a, you know, he is... And then, and then when he didn't play, right, when he got taken out of that game, how did they look? Speaking, speaking of how much the Spurs need him, what do you guys think is reasonable for an extension? DeJounte got four years, 64 mil. Probably similar. You're probably looking at a similar bag. I mean, maybe, maybe 67 mil, you know, maybe a little bit more. Maybe yeah. he gets up to 70, but I, I wouldn't expect too much more than that yeah i was the same i was thinking within that 65 to 70 million dollar range I, I don't see them undercutting him i don't think he's going to be getting less than Dejounte. um they both play very significant roles in the future of this team so um and, and he's earned it you know like we mentioned he's he was the the guy making the lists for, for the good reasons uh after the mm -hmm. bubble right you know We've seen plenty of talks about lists recently that we'll probably have to, to address. Um, but he, he's a guy that a lot of people appreciated and uh, gave uh, respect to after the, the flash he kind of put on in, in the bubble. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, so we, we've talked a little bit about Lonnie with the back spasms. Evan, I think you're right. I think he should be uh, back in action. He's dealing with back spasms. I'm dealing with back spasms. We're just... Two young men with backs that aren't, you know, the youngest. But hey, I don't know how bad his back is. Uh, it's probably, I hope it's not as bad as mine. Uh, yeah. Because I spend way more time 
uh, hunched over the, in a chair than him, probably. Is this a, uh, a lingering injury that he's had since carrying the Spurs on his back, putting the Spurs on his back uh, against the Rockets uh, just over a year ago? You know, that's a good question. Um, I, I asked him about that game because I needed to know, you know, and he actually wound up giving a very interesting tidbit about how it was Patty who, like, gave him the confidence on that last shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, the when we talk about, like, who's going to be the guy that, you know, takes the mantle for the Spurs as, like, you know, the guy, could Lonnie Walker be that guy? He fell to 18, 18 right, in the draft. Yeah. Uh, nobody really expected him to go that low. Um, and he's, you know... Developing, he's still a kid, but he's developing into a really special player. Not many guys can outscore an entire NBA team in a quarter en route to hitting a 30-footer for the tie. You know, that's, that's special stuff. Uh, and while guarding James Harden and Russell Westbrook, no big deal. Um, but so, asked him about that, asked him about what he's been working on and with whom. He gave an interesting answer there. And uh, how he's progressing uh, toward his goal of being one of the best players in the NBA. So let's hear what Lonnie had to say. Hey, Lonnie, you sort of mentioned your development as a player. Um, what specifically have you been working on this offseason with your game? Uh, ball handling was definitely a priority. Um, you know, with my speed and agility um, and being able to shoot. Uh, I feel like ball hand was really uh, something that I was missing on the, in the bubble. Um, after watching a ton of film, there's a lot of just little little key things that I can improve on. So mainly ball handling, just staying consistent, staying in the gym, um, not letting down, you know, um, continuously shooting every other day, two a days, three a days, whatever it is. Um, just improvement, just all around effort, um, staying conditionally, strength, uh, strength, staying in condition. Um, there's multiple different things that I've done. Um, I was, I've been working out with Drew Holiday over the summer and was given the opportunity to just learn and, and be, get stronger and get better on myself. So um, whatever my teammates need me to do, I, you know, since day one, since I've been a rookie, it's been the same, same words. You know, whatever they need me to do, I'm willing to do it. I want to go back to your rookie year because I don't think it was draft night. I think it was in Austin. But you told me that one of your long-term goals was to be one of the best players in this league. Um, From Austin to, you know, that crazy comeback against the Rockets uh, to the bubble to now stepping into a bigger role with this team. How do you feel about your progression toward that long-term goal? Um, I'm I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident about it. I would would say the least. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I really worked my tail off this offseason. You know, this is probably one of the hardest offseasons I've had in a while. Um, every day in and day out, you know, I was putting in my heart and my soul into into that court. Um, pretty much after the bubble, I took about three days off and, and began to start my my um, start my year three back up. So um, I haven't really take, taken a break. You know, I've been trying to put my gas on the pedal, the pedal to the metal and, you know, keep on trying to get better. So I'm excited for this season. Um, I'm hungry. I'm humble. But more than all, you know, I'm starving. I'm ready to play and, and show who Lonnie Walker is. And then lastly, I have to ask about that Rockets game. When you pulled up for that three to tie, you know, from what felt like 30 feet with mm-hmm. 13 seconds left or so, 
what was running through your mind at that point in time? And then when you landed and the shot fell, um, what went through your body there? Well, naturally, it was to shoot it. That's just who I am. Um, you know, I'm not a person to to shy away from the bright lights or, you know, if the opportunity is presenting itself, it, I'm willing to do it. You know, before that, I made two, three, two other threes. Um, and I think what really helped me out was Patty. Um, if you watch during that, Patty's uh, – Telling, telling me to come. I was actually going to go straight to the corner and let DeMar or Patty do their thing for the final shot. But it was Patty who kind of gave me that confidence to shoot it. You know, he's like, come on, you, 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 done, you done brought us back. So as soon as he hands it off to me, um, my mind was already made. Um, I knew what I, I wanted to do. And, you know, thank God it went in because if it hadn't, shoot, Coach Pop would have chewed me up. But uh, I think that's just something that I'm willing to live with as a man, you know, knowing that I did that and, and miss our mate. You know, um, that's just who I am. I wouldn't say it's what I've done. I think collectively we've, we've been in tune with each other. Um, you know, I have an abundant amount of text messages where we have group chats, you know, me, Keld, and Derek. You know, the list goes on and on where we're like, yo, we got to we got to keep on going. We got to keep on pushing through this. And um, we're doing it as a team, you know, off the season, of course, it's about um, being individuals and working on your your craft and doing things on your own. But that's just not how we move on, on the Spurs side of things. You know, we're a family, we're a team and we play together. So not only do we play together, we continue to motivate each other. So that's what's been a great thing. You know, it's allowing us to grow and, and push each other to be the best that we can be. Um, so that's, that's the end all be all. Hey, what's up, Lonnie? Uh, I just want to kind of know your maturation, not so much on the court, but off the court. You know, for you, you'd be entering your senior year of college. I'm just wondering some of the things that maybe you would have told a younger Lonnie when you came into the league and just some of the things that you've learned along the way that you felt has, has shaped you uh, to become the man you are today? Um, I would say patience. Um, not everything is, is, is given to you immediately. Not everything is handed to anyone. Um, it all comes with patience. You know, every day you wake up and it's a new challenge. You can't have a, a long-term goal or a short-term goal without trying to accomplish day-to-day -day things. You know, so every day, uh, trying to be better than what you were yesterday. Whatever it was that you think you didn't do well on, try and be better the next day. Um, so doing what I can, control what I can control, but most of all, be patient. Um, it takes time. It's a process. <laughs> Quick note on Lonnie there, there's already clamoring uh, uh, from Spurs fans to get him into the slam dunk competition. I don't see that happening, but that'd be pretty cool. I'd love to see it. I would show up yeah. early to the Cedar Park uh, arena to watch him just in layup lines, nice. just jumping. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, it, the last uh, guy who took part in the skills competition was Bellinelli, right? Uh, we had, I guess, Bertans a couple years ago in the three-point competition. We did not get Bertans no, in the three-point competition. No, did Bertans. not. Yeah. Right. He Should was snubbed. Yeah. Well, Lonnie will be our snub this year, I guess. But, but so, so, Lonnie, where do you guys see him, you know, going in year three here? I, I'll just say this. He's got to go somewhere. I love Lonnie. I do. Um, but the hype has yet to meet the expectations. He's shown flashes, and he's very young. So that's not to say, like, hey, I'm worried. That's not my point here. My point is that year three, 
He's he's been with the Spurs for two years now. He's played significant minutes last year for most of it. You know, we need to see Lonnie step up with the ball in his hands, something that he mentioned that he's working on, um, and finishing around the rim. When he does those two things, he is going to be an extremely dangerous player. That is what I'm watching for this year. But, um, you know, he, we got to see more. We do. This, you know, we got to see more from Lonnie because we get through the end of this year and we're still a little bit underwhelmed. I mean, you know, the extension's coming. You got to make a decision on is this a guy that, that you think is going to turn it around? And, and I personally, I do. That's why I'm saying this is a big year, though. Yeah, I mean, he's the human highlight reel. He's shown the flashes, but consistency has been the thing. So let's, let's see a consistency yeah. from him. I agree. I, I think he definitely needs to show that he can perform at a consistent level. But I also think that, you know, even after that Houston game, it should have been a wake-up call. And in a way it was that he should be getting more minutes. But it, it was Pop turning the wheel a little slowly, you know. And in Orlando, he yanked it, and he he got a, a more consistent role with playing time, kind of more on par with what he'll probably see this year. And especially with the injuries, he might be starting on opening night, and and that might carry on through the rest of the season. We know how Pop values continuity, mm-hmm. so I I think the reason that I'm optimistic for Lonnie this season is that he's going to have. The, the most consistent role that he's had to date in his NBA career and add that on to a year of muscle, a year of, uh, you know, drilling and building skills. He's already a great three point shooter. Uh, you know, we, we kind of take that for granted uh, because he, he jumps so high and, and dunks so hard. And that's what we want to see from Lonnie. But I mean, he, he was shot 41% on the Spurs last year, led the team. So when when you look at what he could be with an, a more advanced handle, which should help his finishing, right? If he can get around guys on the perimeter, he's not going to have to go body to body and, and finish a tough floater or finger roll. Um, so I, I think this is a year where he makes a pretty significant jump and people say, whoa. Yeah. I, I mean, he'll have the chances to early on in the season to, to, to show that he can do that jump, you know, make that jump with the injuries there. Um, we've, we've gotten this far in the conversation, and I think we haven't addressed the two guys who I have the biggest questions about uh, coming into the season, and that's DeJounte Murray and Jakob Pertl, um, both of whom I think haven't lived up to who they could be and who the Spurs organization needs them to be, right? Um, and this is going to be, uh, I think, two big years for those guys. Uh, Pertl just coming in, uh, getting the, uh, the bigger contract, you know, um, I, I thought he was kind of a letdown in the bubble uh, and a guy who needs to finish his uh, finish cl- uh, f- be able to finish shots at the rim. Uh, and DeJounte, you know, early on in his career was a guy who was, who was a defensive stalwart and he's still that guy, but who is he going to be as a playmaker? What do you guys project for those two guys this season? Well, so they, DeJounte was asked recently, you know, what he, what he's worked on in the off season. And, you know, he, was one of the youngest, if not the youngest, I'm forgetting now, uh, all defensive NBA selection in history. Um, He's developed as a three-level scorer. He's, you know, still working on that three-point shot, but it's coming. The thing that really jumped out in the bubble was, you know, playmaking and decision-making. 
And those were two things that, you know, he wasn't asked about playmaking and decision-making, but he brought those two things up as things that he knows he needs to improve on and he's, he's working on. Um, you know, he's still young. This, this kid was 19 when he came into the system and he hasn't been here that long. He's, he's still a young man. And missed significant um, time too. He, he, he uh, you know, with the ACL right, injury. Right. So uh, he, he definitely still has room to grow as a player. Um, and I, I see a lot of fans that, you know, think they've seen enough of him. Um, but I mean, you, you always got to see what guys are bringing back after a summer at work. Um, so, and a, another big part of it, and this is kind of what pop talked about was, you know, it's less about drilling and more about playing as a group. What's better for building skills like becoming a three-level scorer, drilling, probably. What's better for decision-making? It's playing five-on-five with your teammates, you know. Um, so that's, that's definitely the biggest area to watch for, for DeJounte's growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you, you know, you touched on DeJounte – uh, very well, so I'll do Yak and with with Pirtle, you know we a, need to see him stop fouling because when he's off the court, it's bad. And he talked about how uh, he needs to pick his spots better so he doesn't get over aggressive and get himself taken off the court. Um, but look, I, I think Pirtle is going to work himself into a starting role eventually, not this year, probably going to be next year, and. He's not going to light up box scores. But what Pirtle does is when he's on the court, he provides great rim protection. He can even guard a little bit on the perimeter. He's not locked down over there, but he definitely holds his own. And providing that rim protection to allow this team to, to take off and, and continue to stay positive uh, in the pauses when he's, when he's on the court. So my big thing with Yak is, A, finishing around the rim. Um, you know, it does, I would like him to dunk more. They don't think that it, it necessarily means, you know, that much, but he, he has to finish closer to the rim um, a little bit better. Even though he, his numbers are fine there, they're just way too many stick out in my mind where I'm like the bunnies are falling short. Uh, Pop, Pop's talked a bit about wanting to get him to create a little bit more in the post and, you know, because he, he was a bucket getter in college, you know? Yeah. Um, I so, think Pop knows a know, guy who, who could work with him on, on post offense. On post moves? Yeah. I, I, there was a guy a couple of years back. I, I'm forgetting his name now. It'll come like to me. He's an assistant coach, but um, that's all the memory. But <laughs> with, uh, with Yak, you know, I, Look, I think he just needs to be a good role player. I don't think he needs to be anything more than just what his job entails. I need him to get rebounds. I need him to rim protect. I need him to put, put home some buckets that he needs to put home and just work his tail off like he always does. So he seems to fade away a little bit against, I'll say, better competition. You know, the Joel Embiid of the world, I think he gets a little bit mismatched there. But usually he crushes – competition that's beneath him so my point is i want to see him rise to the occasion a bit more uh, against some some tougher opponents 
So and every- we've we've heard from both of these guys, and uh, you know, Yak has said he wants to be a starter in this league eventually, and you know, sort of, Pop has kind of gone into some detail about things that he needs to do to to really solidify his role going forward. Uh, Jackson, uh, get you, let you get the last word, and then uh, we'll hear from those guys. Yeah, oh, let's uh, let's roll the tape on them because I think what they've got to say is gonna respond to it's gonna it's gonna shape my 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 point here so i'm super excited uh it's my first free agency i was a little nervous getting like going into it uh but it, uh, even though it was a, a stressful time I'm, I'm really excited about the outcome and yeah uh, i think I, I got a good deal from the spurs so i decided to take it i really enjoyed my past two years here and I've, i think we can build on that so i decided it'd be a good, a good move for myself to to extend it and stay here for another three years. I was, I was definitely going into it um, knowing that um, the Spurs were a very good opportunity for me because, like I said earlier, like um, I felt like the past two years were were very successful for me, and I really enjoyed being here. But I, I try to go into um, free agency with an open mind and just like see what the Spurs would offer me, what maybe some other possibilities are. Um, at the end of the day, I just made a pretty quick decision because what was on the table from the Spurs and, and the opportunities I I thought I could get in the, in the future, and the whole package was just, I felt like was right for me. So it, it didn't really come to a whole lot of other options, but I was definitely trying to go into it with a, with an open mindset to just see see what's available. I, I did have some conversations with, with Derek, for example, like about... Um, upcoming years and, and what could could be and what, what, what we could do together. Um, but like I said, I think for the most part, that was a decision for me and my family and, and my my circle, my close circle. Um, so that, it wasn't too much uh, um, us trying to get each other to stay or like trying to um, plan, plan our future or anything like that. How's it going? Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Um, so you mentioned it's a three-year deal. I know that you had kind of talked a little bit last year about uh, being comfortable with a bigger role. Do you think that there's room for you to grow into a starting role with this team moving forward? Maybe not this year, but as your contract goes forward. Yes, I, I definitely think so. I mean, that's my that's my uh, short-term goal here is to like grow my role and then grow into a starting role. And I think... Um, what we did in the bubble was kind of the, the first signs of that, of like a very young team that where a lot of young players had to share more responsibilities that, than we were maybe used to during the regular season. Um, so that's definitely what I'm, what I'm trying to do and, and where I'm trying to get to in the, in the near future. Now, when the contract negotiations were happening and you know, that being a goal of yours, was there anything that the team said to you, you know, if you if you keep up what you did in the bubble and do this, this, and this, you know, we can see a, a bigger role for you. Is it expanding an outside shot or is it dunking more and, and focusing on what you already do best in the middle of the floor? Um, I don't want to go into too much detail, but um, there, there was some conversations about my role and, and how the team was going to look in, in the, the future. Um, 
for sure, because that is uh, that was a big part of my decision as well. I wanted to be on a team where I felt comfortable, where I, I knew uh, I would um, get along and play well uh, alongside my teammates. So um, that was definitely part of the conversation. Well, I, I think I think he has to. You know, he's and you know he's he's a respectful, uh, you know, disciplined. Uh, player who understands his role really well as far as, you know, rebounding, running the floor, setting picks, trying to guard the rim, all those things. But uh, he needs to expand his game in the sense of, you know, he was the Pac-10 player of the year. He actually scored points. Uh, and maybe he's gotten the impression that I don't want him to. So that's, that's my fault. Uh, you know, like he's got to get the ball to score once in a while, but he's got to change his mentality to a degree. You know, he's not going to be our leading scorer, uh, but to be a threat. And, you know, that's something that we will, you know, spend time with him on because he actually can do some good things down in the block. Uh, he's not going to be a three point shooter or anything like that. Uh, but his fundamentals are sound. Uh, he can be aggressive. And I think that, uh, in that sense, he, he can help us so that he has to be guarded. Um, when Coach Pop was asked about you coming back, um, he said he, he talked about wanting you to score and create a little bit more in the post. What have you been doing to enhance that part of your game? Um, we've been including it more and more in my uh, individual workouts. Um, a lot more catches on the elbow and top of the key and telling me to be more aggressive out of it. Um, not just look for, for passing opportunities, but like um, if, I, if I see an open lane or if I, I see I, I have a chance to attack the basket, and, um, like I said, be more aggressive with it and go for it more often. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like I'm trying to pick my spots, like um, um, getting a feel for it, but um, I think I've um, I've done pretty good with it so far. And then it's it's only been a couple of days in practice, but what are your first impressions of how everybody looks together, this specific group, which is only a little bit different, but still different? Um, I mean, considering that we, we just started, I think we actually look really, really good out there. Um, I think part of it is obviously because yeah, we have a very similar group to last year and, and uh, the young guys so far have blown in very well. Um, obviously they they still got some some things to pick up. Um, they haven't had a lot of time to adjust, but I think all in all, we've, we've looked really good out there in practice. And then uh, lastly, you came over here with DeMar, uh, who was just ranked 82nd by ESPN in the NBA. Uh, I, I saw him say something about that, Derek say something about that. How do you guys balance blocking out the noise and then using something like that to motivate you? I mean, I think at the end of the day, these articles are more or less there to like get a reaction out of people. Um, they're trying to, yeah, get people to talk about it, like get people to argue about it. So I'm, I'm I personally am not even paying attention to it because I, I think they're almost like messing it up on purpose or like throwing controversial stuff out there on purpose. Uh, so yeah, it is what it is. Um, I'm gonna let them do their job and, and I'll focus on mine. Every year I I play with these guys, I, I um, play on the 
our coaches, like it gets easier and easier because um, I'm getting to know the system. Like the, the more we all play with each other, like the, the better the, the chemistry is. So um, yeah, obviously it, there, there's always a, a, a new level to, to this whole, whole thing. But I think this year is just a, a weird year with the short preseason and, and COVID and all that. So yeah, we're, we're just trying to get through it and we're trying to get um, as prepared as possible for the season. Just to be Jakob, block shots, uh, you know, catch and facilitate when he can. Uh, he got a little post game, you know, he's been working on, you know, his mid-range shot, his free throws. And just to be Jakob, don't change who you are. And that's one thing I love about Jakob. You know, he he's not trying to do something and be somebody he's not. So, you know, congratulations to him, you know, securing, you know, more money and more years in the, the NBA. And, uh, you know, we're thankful to have him. Um, I think for me personally, I was – um, there was some ups and downs for sure. Um, I was, I was happy with my performance for, for uh, a lot of the games. I think there was definitely some, um, growing experiences for me where, where I was struggling still a little bit with the, with the added minutes. Like for example, there was, uh, the foul trouble, me just not being used to having to play a lot more minutes and, and trying to like, um, pick my spots where I could be more aggressive on defense, um, uh, all, all those things are um, it's, it's kind of where um, I think the experience will, will come in like as, as soon as I, I get more reps in a, in a bigger role like that um, I'll, I'll get more and more used to it so um, I think overall um, I'm pretty happy with with my and our performance but there was definitely plenty of um, uh, moments and games that uh, I would like back and, and I think I could do a lot better on um, with, like I said, more experience and more time in, in that role. You kind of mentioned there talking about what comes next with your teammates. Um, you know, you as sort of the, the big long center in this lineup with a whole bunch of rangy guards and wings around you. What do you guys think that you can achieve on the court, especially defensively? Um. I mean, I think the, the the sky's the limit for us, and I think we have we have a lot of guys in that in that young unit that are um, not only able but also like willing to to go out there and guard and, and um, work together on on defense. And I think our our defense was was one of our biggest improvements in the bubble compared to what we show, showed during the regular season. Um, so I think having guys out there that like I said, are not only willing to put in the work, but also um, yeah, almost take it personal if if we get scored on, like make it make it a big deal to to get stops on defense. I think that's a that's a big part, and that's like one of the the main like pillars that you need for a good defensive team. Pirtle can can say he wants to be a starter and things like that, and that's kind of where he projects. But do you guys see him in the starting five this season? Starting the season up. Starting the season, no, eventually it could happen. So, Evan, who is, who is in your starting five then? Uh, I, I, I guess the starting five that I expect to see will be DeMar, LaMarcus, and, of course, fully healthy would be Derek, DeJounte, and probably Lyles, um, maybe Lonnie Walker. I don't know. There's going to be some tinkering there early on with um, – what's going to happen there, but that's, that's probably my guess as to what we would see if everybody were healthy. Um, judging by the fact that we don't think Derek's out there, I think Lonnie Walker will take the Derek White slot 
and you have DeJounte, uh, DeJounte, Lonnie, DeMar, Lyles, LaMarcus starting the season is my guess. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think Yak is going to start right away. They've tried a little bit of Yak and LaMarcus together. It hasn't gone so great. Uh, they, they're both ideally centers in today's league. So I think the starting lineup, when healthy, is going to look like Derek White at point guard, DeJounte Murray at shooting guard, then DeMar DeRozan, Trey Lyles, and LaMarcus Aldridge. We haven't talked about Trey Lyles, but he is definitely a key piece of this young core. He's only 25. He was the 12th pick, and toward the end of last season, before he missed the bubble, he was starting to show, uh, you know, what he can do and, you know, him kind of growing into what he was seen as on draft night, which is, uh, you know, a floor spacing big man who can do a lot of different things. Uh, they said they're working with him on defense, so I'm excited to see that. Uh, and Pop was like, it's, it's about confidence with him. Um, and he, he talked about loving being in the Fiesta jersey shoot, right, and the confidence that that brought him. So I'm, ex- I'm excited to see his development this year. Yeah, seeing him in the Fiesta shoot, I was originally caught off guard, like, oh, yeah, all these guys, and Trey Lyles. But then you got to remember, I think, honestly, if he hadn't missed the bubble, we'd be talking in the same breath, uh, we're talking with him in the same breath as we are Derek White. He, he was a, a very valuable guy who probably wasn't expected to be the starter going into the season. You know, we can talk Marcus Morris drama, uh, but we've, we've beaten that horse to death. We don't have uh, No, no, no. Um, I, I think, you know, um, I think you guys are right. I think Lyles is the guy who starts over Pirtle. I think, you know, keep it a little bit smaller there. Uh, keep the, the shooters out there on the court. Uh, and that leads us to the big question. I mean, What's what are the predictions for this season? Are they back in the playoffs or are they missing it again? You know, what, what do you guys think? Uh, I, I'll probably say they missed the playoffs more so because of the stacked Western Conference. Um, you know, if they, they injuries start happening, I mean, we're already seeing injuries, and I don't think this team can really sustain through um, having a good chunk of these young guys out. I probably say they get to like 35, 38 wins. Um, that that's sort of my prediction. What I'm leaning towards, and and um, this is 72 it, it, game season too, so that's about 500. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh so. yeah, you know I didn't factor that. So I'm gonna say 35. I'll say 35 wins. Uh, I I totally blanked on that, but yeah, I'll say 35 wins. And uh, you know, it's I really hate making a prediction because I need to see what these guys look like on the court. Uh, because I can change my, I, you know, I'm willing to change that opinion. Um, after 10 games for sure. Yeah, it's a cop-out answer for me, but it really depends on these injuries. Um, you know, if if these guys are back pretty soon, I think this team competes for, you know, one of the Western Conference playoffs spots in a stacked Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the more I think about it, the more I want to see Clippers-Spurs in the first round. Mm-hmm. Inject that into my veins. Just throwing good defenders at Kawhi for five to six or seven games uh and and the advantage of chemistry right yeah this is this is one of the few teams that has really you know locked in and and melded together right while other teams are getting pieces and bringing guys in and changing things the spurs have something concrete to build on and they're building on it um they're they're playing with a chip on their shoulder DeMar as the 82nd best player, uh, making me laugh. Uh, no national TV games. Um, and, you know, 
they're 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 not pissed at people outside the organization. I mean, Demar seems a little pissed at uh, that that one sports network, but um, for the most part, they're they're annoyed with themselves as a team that they couldn't represent San Antonio with a playoff appearance last year. And they're really uh, locked in on, on changing that all of them. Um, so I, th- I think that regardless of who's out there, even if the, the injury situation does not get better, I think this team is going to compete on a nightly basis, even if they don't compete on a season basis. Um, you know, they, they're, going to be a much improved team. Um, and I, I think if you don't think that, then you don't realize how bad the defense was last year yeah. and the reasons for that and how those reasons are now not an issue. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's going to be a, a, a different looking Spurs team, even though they didn't do a whole bunch of things to look different. Yeah, I'll ask the question again in 10 games then. We'll see how this team looks on the court. We'll see what kind of attitude they can bring. I'm just excited that basketball is back in just a few short weeks here. You know, We're going to see the Spurs take the court in four days, uh, and that's pretty yeah. awesome. preseason, um, baby. And so. we'll, uh, we'll leave it with sound from those guys about their goals for the season. Um, but my name is Tom Petrini. You can find me causing a problem on Al Gore's internet at realtompetrini on twitter.com. <laughs> At Evan Klosky. And I'm at, I can't remember. Uh, you, you can find me at Jackson Kins yeah. five and we're at big fun pod. I don't know my handle. What's his name? What's his name? I don't know. I got to get a tattooed or something. So I just can always look at it. There's my handle now. And uh, thank you guys for joining us on this episode of the big fundamental podcast, wherever you may be listening to podcasts and uh, tune into Kins five on TV and Kins five.com on the web for the latest on the San Antonio Spurs. And we'll see you next time. Was there anything specific you wanted to improve on this offseason, building from the bubble up to this year? I mean, just everything. My 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 uh, my game's always going to be the same thing as far as what I want to do, you know, when I got time to work on my game. Uh, you know, I don't try to set, you know, limits for myself. And, uh, you know, I just try to work on everything, get with all the coaches I can get with, you know, that was around here. And whether it was shooting, ball handling, defending, reading, and all them type of things, uh, you know, just basically everything. You know, uh, still kind of get stronger. You know, I added a little bit of weight. You know, it's not easy for me to just add a bunch of weight. So I've been trying to eat more, get stronger in the weight room. And as far as the basketball side, you know, that's where, you know, my passion and where I have so much fun and peace at. So, you know, when I get on the floor, you know, whether it's working out or competing, uh, I'm just trying to work on my game, you know, trying to read and make better decisions and, you know, uh, you know, know when to score, know when not to score, but also, you know, make sure my teammates love playing with me. And then being that spark on the defense end, I love defense a lot. So I understand that, you know, if I come out, you know, with that spark, then my team's going to follow. You're kind of the elder statesman among that young core of players. Um, you know, I, I remember your draft night, and that's, what, five years ago now. Um, how, how does it feel for you to be in that role where it's sort of in between – the veterans and the young guys as definitely part of that young core? I mean, for me, I'm somebody who's willing to work and willing to learn no matter what. So, you know, the young guys coming in, uh, I just try to tell them what I went through and what to expect. But at the same time, I'm in the same category as them because I want to work and I want to learn. So they come in, they want to work and they want to learn. So we all 
in the same little boat. The only thing I got is, you know, I try to tell them what to expect, uh, you know, expect the unexpected, but just come in, working, ask questions, and just learn, and uh, you'll be okay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, DeJounte, uh, when you started out, you know, you were so used to continuity into the off seasons and into the regular season. Then in the middle there, it kind of went haywire. Just wondering what it's like as you return to camp now and pretty much everybody that you left last season with is back in camp with you. Does it make it easier to transition into the regular season? Yeah, uh, make it easy. Uh, like I said, you know, we got a bunch of guys, you know, as myself, but the guys ahead of me as far as, you know, veterans like Rudy, Damar, L.A., Patty, you know, all them guys, even the coaches, uh, you know, they're willing to pass the game down and, and show, you know, talk and, and help all, all young guys, whether you just got drafted, you know, not too long ago or you've been here or whatever. So uh, it's been a smooth transition. And uh, like I said, they do a great job here as far as the coaching staff to have a great plan and, and you know, explain what we're doing. So at the end of the day, it's just going out there and competing. And working. Uh, I think just one thing about Pop, uh, for me, you know, he seen me come in, a uh, young guy, and but he also seen me come in and work hard and, and willing to learn, ask questions, and off the floor, just being who I am, you know, a great person and, and just trying to stay positive. And, uh, you know, especially when I got hurt, you know, they seen me coming here 11 months, you know, six days a week straight. So, you know, uh, that dedication, that discipline is not easy, especially, you know, for somebody coming in the lead and young in the lead, uh, you know, but, you know, as an individual, you know, I think I could take my game to another level, but as a team, you know, I'll focus on taking one game at a time and starting to win right away. Uh, you don't want to be in the positions where you're fighting for a spot, you know, towards the end or all-star break. So, you know, I want us to be ready to compete and win right away. Uh, you know, it's a must that we get to the playoffs this year. What he showed was that he's got the ability to be one heck of a player. Uh, I think it's about confidence. I think it's about aggressiveness and, you know, just being hungry out there to uh, believe that you can be a very, very good player. And he started to do that, getting confidence in shooting threes. Guys started closing on him. He was catching it and driving it. Uh, so at the offensive end, uh, he made a huge step in Orlando and he's continued that here in practice. And defensively, we want to we want to work him on that so that uh, he plays a little bit more defense with his feet rather than you know grabbing. He's a he's a he's a great teammate. First of all, a great locker room guy. Uh, always positive energy coming from Trey. Uh, and on the basketball end, it's I mean, if you watch basketball and you really you know understand the game, uh, Trey Lyles fits the Spurs you know organization perfect. I mean, he could shoot the ball. He could drive, he could pass, you know, he, he could rebound, you know, he, he, he could defend uh, and, you know, he's not selfish, uh, no ego. And he's just a great dude who wants to work and want to learn. So, you know, me personally, I, I'm thankful to have Trey back. Hey, Trey, you really settled into a role with the team, uh, especially shooting the three ball. You increased both your volume and, and your percentage there. Uh, what have you been working on with your shot here in San Antonio with Chip England? Have you changed the way you're training it, your mechanics? And uh, what are you doing this summer to help extend that into this year? Um, th throughout the summer and the offseason, I really spent a lot of time with my shooting coach in Indy, uh, working on my shot, just making sure my touch and follow through and stuff were consistent. Um, the same thing here with Coach Chip. 
Um, he's really focused on me, just making sure that I get the ball off the tips of my fingers and stuff like that and make sure I'm consistent with my follow-through and my arc on my shot. So I just got to continue to be, uh, be um, you know, pretty precise with those things and just have confidence in shooting it, and the rest will take care of itself. You came to this team as a, a free agent, but you've sort of become part of this young core now. Uh, what has it meant for you to be sort of, you know, accepted into this locker room and into this group? Uh, it means a lot, you know, coming into a new situation, um, you know, you're a new guy, not familiar with anything. Um, it was pretty easy for me to kind of adjust. Um, everybody had, you know, open arms. Everybody was easy to get along with. Everybody communicated and kind of helped me out along the way. Um, so, you know, I just got to do the same thing for the young guys now because I feel like they see me as part of the, you know, like you said, the main young group here. So I got to just make sure that I go out there and continue to work hard and, you know, help the young guys and, and continue to listen to the, um, the veterans as well. And then last year you started for most of the year before the bubble. Have there been any discussions about your role either starting or coming off the bench? And, you know, what, are, what do you feel comfortable with? Uh, no, we haven't, you know, any discussions. Today was the first day of practice. So, you know, we were all just out there, you know, trying to make it through and get do what we're supposed to do. And, you know, I'm just comfortable with whatever role that I'm given. Um, I feel like I can, you know, succeed in anything that they need me to do last year. At the beginning, it was rebounding, and I think I showed myself to be a great rebounder and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, whatever they ask for me this year, I'll be able to do that as well. Um, I, like I said last year, I'm very comfortable here. I think it's a perfect situation for me, um, perfect situation for the player that I am, um, the player that I see myself being and becoming. Um, I'd love to be able to stay here, you know, long term, you know, and I just got to continue to work for that, you know, and, you know, carve out my space here as a spur. And, you know, I, I'd love to, you know, come back for, you know, and finish my career here. So, yeah. Hey, what's up, Trey? Uh, just wondering, what was it like watching the Spurs in the bubble when you were removed from that situation? And did you feel yourself integrating well into the new system and, and just seeing the, the night and day difference between play from when we left versus going to Orlando? Uh, it was tough for me to watch because I wanted to be there, of course, wanted to be a part of it. And um, just seeing areas in which I could have helped, you know, the team and um, filled my role that I had been playing. You know, I'm just comfortable. And like I said earlier, I'm just comfortable being here and in the system. I think it's good for me. I was going to say, and just as somebody coming in this season, just how much fun or how much are you chomping at the bit uh, to be fully integrated into to a new style versus the one that I think uh, we all saw starting the year and and pop fully, or at least seemingly, from what he told us uh, earlier in the week, seemingly embracing that and, and modernizing uh, the way you guys play? Well, when before we went to Orlando, when we were down in Orlando, I was, you know, going through the practices and stuff like that. So I was already integrated into it. So I'm really open to it. It's been the same kind of system that I've played with um, and the teams that I've played with in the past. So it's pretty easy for me to adjust to it. And I think that, you know, for us as a whole, it's going to be um, – easier for us to, to go out there and get buckets and, and everybody play well. It's always about the big picture and and we're just putting money in the bank to be able to um, edge closer to the, that big picture goal. So, like I said, last season, um, you know, wasn't a waste. We put money in the bank there. Guys are learning, guys are growing, and we're looking forward to this next season and being able to, to, to get better and better. Uh, I think that I want to see personally everybody just integrate together. Um, everybody just, you know, kind of 
feel each other out and play well, just play off of each other. Um, everybody know their roles and do their roles well. I think that if we if we stay in our roles as players and you know the coaches you know give us stuff that we need to do, I think that we'll you know just progress as a team as the season goes on. Um, and I think everybody will benefit from it. And I just think that you know everybody wants to make the playoffs. That's the main thing is to make the playoffs and be you know established in the playoffs and make a deep run. So I think that's my main goal for the team, and I think a lot of other guys as well. No. We want to get back to the playoffs. You know, this ain't uh, Spurs basketball, you know, being out, sitting out the playoffs. I mean, it's fair. We didn't make the playoffs last year, so, you know, we don't deserve to, you know, get those, that special treatment. Uh, you know, I, I, I myself, you know, I like to work for everything. Uh, so, you know, we got we to gotta make them put us on TV, national TV, you know, and that's taking one game at a time and, and getting back on the winning side of basketball. How's it going, DeJounte? Kind of going off of that, I know you're a competitive guy. Uh, Patty talked about how missing the playoffs last year kind of left a bad taste in your guys' mouths. Um, how, how do you feel about your personal goals for this season and team goals for this season? I mean, my personal goal is my personal goals, but at the end of the day, uh, the team goals is, you know, to come together right away, which is today was our first team practice. Uh, come together, learn from each other, get better with each other, and uh, be ready to go compete with each other. And like I said, getting to the playoffs is, uh, you know, the, the, the biggest thing for us because, you know, for me personally, it really stuck with me, you know, because since I got here, it's been winning, 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 you know. So I just want to get back to the playoffs. I'm pretty sure everybody in, that we have want to get back to the playoffs. And, you know, like I said, we've got to come together as one unit. And then finally, just it feels like everybody's sleeping on the Spurs. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like nobody's giving this team the respect it deserves, especially after showcasing what you guys could do in the bubble? I mean, um, I got to a point I don't care about no nobody else's opinion. But I, from from the way I work my my butt off, and um, I can't even say this summer or this 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 winter or whatever season we was in. Um, I know I work my butt off and, you know, I, I'm going to do everything I take for us not to be in that situation we, we was we was in last year. And, you know, I, um, I know that for a fact. Um, um, so I don't care if somebody counting us out, counting us in. I know when I walk in that, that practice arena um, with those guys, what we're going to be capable, capable of. I, I don't remember winning a championship last year. I don't, I don't remember being in the playoffs. So it's, it's time to make a change, play a different way, demand it, and move forward.